Welcome back, people. It is season three and episode 33 of the Taxi Squad podcast. Welcome back. It is a great day to be here. We have a marathon for you. You know, we didn't get the full hour and a half last week, so we're making up for lost time. We got a half double episode thing going on here, and we are jacked. I'm not going to bury the lead quite yet, but you got to be on this cliffhanger. Vince, it is currently August 16th. It's a great day to be alive. How you doing? Dude, you said it already. Great day to be alive. Are you at home right now, Mike? I am home. Congratulations, dude. Thanks, buddy. This feels first like the time first time in the century. Yeah, exactly. Boom. Mm-hmm. Proved my point. Uh, happy to hear that. I am excited for today's episode. Little guest time going on. Oh, People yeah. are gonna love it. This is I look forward to this every single every single year now. I actually care about it more than the actual college football playoffs or this season in general. So I'm looking forward to it. This is a great day to be alive. Oh, it is a it is a great day to be alive. It's uh Usually very nice when anybody, you know, coming onto the show with the college football acumen of this man we're going to introduce here in a little bit uh, has and and just a general ear to the ground. It's going to be pretty impressive. I'm jacked for it. But I mean, Vince, we have a uh, you want to know who's not jacked up right now, (laughs) (laughs) an aggressive stranger than usual, to say the very least. And we both saw this. If it was last week, it usually always happens this way. We finish recording and a giant bomb drops on the sports news world. So, Vince, why don't you go ahead and bury this one? Yeah. So uh, the people, many people know this already. uh, Acclaimed prospect for the Tampa Bay Rays. This guy came up last year and everybody's like, holy shit. He's the best thing since sliced bread. This guy's going to be amazing. Uh, the adults are going to love him, and apparently so are the teens. So Wander Franco, he, he is supposedly in a relationship of some sort with a 14-year-old gal. Um, this came out with pictures when they were together. She looks incredibly young. It is very uncomfortable. Um The most insane part, and I don't know if you heard this either. So currently he's on the restricted list with the Rays. The MLB is looking into it. Age of consent in the Dominican Republic is 18, and she is 14. The insane part about all of this is the Tampa Bay Rays were having a giveaway for all of their 14 and under fans for youth-size Wander Franco hats the day that this came out. Yeah, man, it's um, it's bad. In many different ways to uh, to be that. Now, Wanda Franco is 22 years old. This girl is 14 years old, to Vince's point. And uh, yeah, the age of consent didn't exist to Wanda out here. Now, my whole thing is, is this like a grooming scenario? Because I have been scrolling the internets over the past week now, and there are like pictures of him and this girl, like yeah. when she was like in elementary school. Right. It feels like maybe they had family friends and something sprouted out of it, even though even yeah. so it is very illegal. And then one of the worst parts about it, too, is there's now a second a second minor saying that she also had a relationship with the same man. She's a little bit older, but still under the age. So like, hey, man, you are a professional baseball player. What are you doing? What are you doing right now? Like, What's your fucking freaky little thing that you're doing right now? You got to get rid of this shit because it is disgusting. 
What type of Jerry Lee Lewis is going on? What, like, what yeah. type of Jerry Lee Lewis shit is going on in the this, MLB? Yeah, this right happened now? literally a century ago. <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis. She shuck his nerves and rattles his brain. Oh boy. Yeah, dude, this is bad because, and if anybody doesn't get that reference, if you're not old enough to get that reference, Jerry Lee Lewis claimed rock star. Uh, Great Balls of Fire is his song, and many he others. He is one of the patron saints of rock music i would say and i guess you could say he's one of the patron saints of dating women younger than him because in the 50s it was totally acceptable for shit like this to just happen not totally acceptable it just kind of happened a lot it would like some people were like hey man that's kind of fucked up it would happen and yeah i i don't understand why would you post this on social media concerns like pictures of him with her and i mean it looks like they're very close on the Kissy internet faces yeah dude it's, it's so fucked up man <laughs> it's so uncomfortable he got pulled in the middle of a game last week that doesn't happen unless the mlb steps in and goes uh-uh, done right that's what i'm saying it's like this is so obviously bad and he all of his quotes too are like hey uh i'm gonna stick with what i know because that's the only thing i can do and like, this is just, I'm going to, you know, I'd rather be me in this situation than anybody else. It's like, what the fuck, man? What? He said that? <laughs> yeah, he, he had this whole quote, and I, it was probably um, translated, so it could have messed it up a little bit. But he was just like, I know my truth, and I'm going to stick to it. And it's like, yo, this is pretty obvious. It's a type open of R. Kelly trapped in the closet shit is this in the MLB, man? I know. I'm just pulling True. all of the pedophile references right now. So, yeah, they did give away... Hats for youths with Wander Frank. Do you think they would have? I don't think they would have did it if they knew about it. No, they didn't. It got it got announced that day. (laughs) That was the problem. The head of PR for them just had to been like, no, 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 drop it, drop it, drop it immediately, drop it, switch to a bobblehead. We got stashed somewhere. Yeah, it was like halfway through giving them away from all the early arrivers, and then they were like, all right, cancel that because that's a bad idea. It was just so on the nose. It's so hilarious. This yeah, this is just kind of a just a full blown trifecta of shit going on. I mean, what do we think over or under? Do you think he's suspended forever? Do we think he's arrested? Do we think like what happens? Is he tried in the U.S.? Is he tried in the Dominican? I don't know. It is weird because it happened in the Dominican Republic, so I don't think they can try him here. If I'm not mistaken, but I'm also not a lawyer. Again, Taxi Squad lawyer, let us know. I would love to have one. Um. I think he gets tried in the Dominican. I do think he gets suspended for a while, but this is unprecedented territory. Like this isn't like a, and it's fucked up that this is a normality now, but it's not like a domestic violence thing. This is like a completely different thing. Yeah, it's not like Mike Clevinger. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Or like Marcelo Zuna or any of that stuff, because it's happened a ton of times. Again, sadly, but it has. Um, True. This is more of a, I don't know how this sets up. Like it's obviously not good and you have to assume that he's going to get suspended for a long time but i don't even know i don't even have a like barometer on where i would go with this you know it's like there's a six-year difference between them but she's a minor it's it she's not an adult right right if he's 26 she's 20 it's more acceptable well think about like the old guys on the race too that probably have like teenagers they're probably like right like what the fuck that's the age of my like son or daughter like what are we doing yeah, I I don't disagree with that. I mean, what about the guys that, you know, marry women 20 years younger than them at like 40 
and they marry like a 22 year old or a 20 year old. I think that's weird, but at least it's legal, you know? Right. I mean, what's like not defending any of it is fucked up. I mean, it's like that episode. It's like the Shane Gillis stand up. He's like, do you think like in Congress in the 1700s when they were figuring out the age of consent? Yeah. (laughs) They're like, no. Tampa. Florida, uh, delegate from Florida, Wander Franco, uh, 14. Oh, what the oh, fuck? Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> Someone's got to go low. You got to find a spot. <laughs> it's like, yo, what the fuck, man? It's like Pennsylvania, the 16. No. No. Gross. Come on. Gross. <laughs> We're sticking with 18, you freaks. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, no, this is bad. I, I do believe he will be suspended for some time, and I don't think he's going to be back with the team for Probably a while. Probably not this year, dude, unless the in- investigation goes quick and he's found innocent. There's no way he comes back this year. This is going to be a next year thing. And it's especially bad because the Rays are no longer in first in the AL East. That is now owned by the Orioles. The Rays are looking pretty primed to lock up that first wild card spot in the AL, but Losing a guy that's, you know, cornerstone of your franchise, one of your best players, having a pretty good year. is not what you want. No, not not what you want at all, considering one of your cornerstones of your infield is now in deep, deep doo-doo. Deep doo-doo. I yeah. have some honorable mentions okay. today of Strange and Unusuals, and I didn't write this down, so this is going to be news to you. New um, news. I sent, I sent new news. Don't copyright us, please. Um, so I sent this to you last week, but... Former Chicago Bear NFL NFL cornerback now faces multiple fraud charges in Canada. Buster Screen. Oh, yeah, I did read that. Buster Screen was also on the Dallas Cowboys, fun fact. Yes, he is accused of using $100,000 worth of fraudulent checks to open accounts and withdraw money before the checks cleared in Canada. What? So he's been arrested there committing offenses. Um, yeah, I, I guess 15 charges. Four counts of fraud, seven counts of making false statements to produce money, three counts of possession of property obtained by a crime over $5,000, and one count of possession of property obtained by a crime over $5,000. So, yeah, he's in, he's in doo-doo. Nine what, I don't underst- what I don't understand is how are you a millionaire yeah. and you're trying to, like, bend the system in weird ways? I mean, rich people keep money, right? That's what they say. <laughs> so get an accountant. You're a millionaire. Have the money dispersed. Give yourself enough to live off of comfortably and move on. Right. Hire the right Rothstein or Goldstein and life will be fine. Right. I mean, that's how I look at it. That's where my head's at, man. Hire the right agency. Hire the right accountants that go along with the agency. Life is good. Like Cole Komet, that guy won't have to work probably for the rest of his life. Yeah. And Screen's had a couple... A couple of contracts already, and maybe blew through it, and maybe that was a bad move. But like, he's probably not going to get signed any anymore. He was on the Bears last year, right? No, year before, year two prior. years ago. Yeah, so yeah. it's not like it was years ago. Like, he should still have some money left from that. Like, just invest it. It's not illegal to do it that way. Don't get it, man. Don't get it at all. I do believe, though, that. At this stage of the game, CTE might be kicking in a little bit. It could, but CTE, 100,000, like, you know, that's like a flash of the pan shit happens. Might mess you up a little bit. This was a convoluted, huge scam that he ran. Like, this guy knows what, is what it, he was doing. What is it with the Bears, though, and these guys who are, like, borderline criminals? Like, yeah. Sam Hurd? 
well, and that's the thing, borderline. <laughs> Sam Hurd was a full blown criminal. That's Dealt pure copious criminal. amounts of cocaine. Yeah, that's pure criminal behavior. And we went over that one too. So I guess it's just something in the water. Um, this other honorable mention here ex Raiders cornerback, another corner. Damon Arnett is in trouble again, accused by adult film actress Danny Banks of robbing her and others in her profession. So I guess this guy's just stealing from porn stars. What is he stealing? Uh, let's see here. Let's go. Is he into stealing here. dildos or something? Like, what's he stealing? Well, he was flexing on a gun, saying he's gonna kill somebody in Vegas. So that could be oh, a that guy action. Yeah. So he's he's around. Um, I guess he was arrested back in January for concealed carry without a permit. Um, she alleges that he stole from her and that a, she reportedly has it all on camera to back up her claim. Um, her quote, and I'll just quote it. Damon Arnett, a little football player that played for the Raiders that got kicked off trying to shoot somebody or something. I went to the bathroom. He stole my fucking Cartier watch, took my other phone and zelled all my money out of my account. I have it all on camera. Him and his friends leaving my house. Come to find out he does that to bitches all the time. Then he's, then he effing did it to me. So there you go, Damon Arnett. What are you doing, man? Just, you know, just growing up, not knowing any better at the end of the day. I guess. And he's 26, man. Like he's on, he was on the Raiders until he got kicked off for doing that. So man, <laughs> come on guys. What are we doing? Well, there's a lot of strange, like what I would recommend is everybody go take a look at those documentaries on Netflix right now. If you need some strange and unusual sports stories mm -hmm. in your life, like Johnny Manziel doing copious amounts of cocaine. Yep. That didn't surprise me. <laughs> uh, Xanax, anything and everything up and down which, and all around, <laughs> which is like fucked up though, because a lot of the things he was doing in college, like signing autographs and all that good stuff for his yeah. name, image and likeness. Uh, is not illegal anymore. Right so, thing, wrong time. Right thing, wrong time. Uh, yeah. And then Manti Teo, poor guy. Oh, man. Yeah. No, I that, know. It's it's just... I, he it feels was a he, dude. He's such a, he seems like such a nice guy. <laughs> he like, is. Like he's, a, he, he's, he's a good Mormon kid from Hawaii. I mean, I what? loved that man in college, obviously, because he played for my boys. But Well, yeah. He Come was to the find man. out, he could have played at USC. He shouldn't have, though. He, he should like, have. Wouldn't have happened. He wouldn't have gotten catfished. He was a god at Notre Dame, man. Come on. He would have been a bigger god at USC. He's a Samoan. We recruit those kids like it's going out of style. It's true. It's close, but... Troy you know. Palamalu? Pa Palamalu? Palamalu. Come on. Palamalu. <laughs> Come on. I'm, so, I'm just saying, if you do need some strange, go watch that. Like, it was some dude oh, yeah. he, like, grew up with, family, friend. and Yeah, an absolutely bad person, completely. Horrible person. Like, it was back in the days of, like, a Facebook where, like, somebody could steal an identity and, like, run with it. Yeah. But it it went on for, like, two years. Yeah. It's it is fucked. It is sad. And that's what I'm saying, too, is like he seems like a really nice, like, well respected, like good person. And then he just got screwed. And then, I, and then he got the then, yips really bad. Yeah. The NFL. And then every single person knew about it. So it was just he was getting ragged on left and right. And that was at like in the beginning ish times of social media when it was kind of just like anything goes here. Like he was getting it from everywhere and no one felt bad for him. It was kind of fucked up. Yeah, I I don't disagree. I think that ultimately what became of that is a lonely kid 
thousands of miles away from his hometown yeah and just feeling that need for some companionship and what i don't understand is why aren't you trying to find some nice young irish gal that's on what the i'm campus, saying you know nice young catholic lady, lady. yeah, yeah. I'm you sure. are god there's a lot of beautiful people on Notre Dame's campus. There's a lot of intelligent people on Notre Dame's campus. He could have done better. Something happened. Well, also, that's the thing. The guy knew who he was, so he was playing into like the stuff that he likes and all that shit. That was the uncomfortable thing. Watch sure. it if you want. It's but a good watch. Time out, though. Vince, if you were getting catfished by some girl. I wouldn't. Right. I'm just saying. I'm not saying you would, but <laughs> yeah. let's uh, hypothetically say you were. Right. You're a young man. Yeah. Let's say this is, you know, seven years ago. Yeah. Right. And, and you're you're in college. You, this girl's talking to you. And we're all hanging out. And it's like, oh, what's her nuts is calling? Cool. And you put her on speakerphone and we're all playing games and she's talking. You're going to tell me you're not going to hang up the phone. And one of your buddies is going to look at you and be like, dude, that's a fucking dude. Yeah. Like, hey, come what? on. <laughs> it's like she's been smoking cigarettes since she was six. <laughs> come on. <laughs> that's why she sounds like that. <laughs> come on. Hey, how delusional up, man? are we? I got my <laughs> boobs out. <laughs> all of his friends were like, she sounded like a girl. I'm sorry. I listened to it. Some FBI investigator, Dr. Phil, came on and was like, oh, no. Like, that's a. That's a A1 impression of a female and only well, like Well, if you're not thinking that it's a guy, you know, maybe, maybe I, you can convince I'm yourself. sorry. Because we listened to it out. knowing it was a guy. You piece that shit out real quick. Well, especially if you don't know what they look like or ever met. That's the thing, too. And that's like the argument I'll always make is like you have to hang out with a person at least a couple times before you can be like boyfriend, girlfriend. Like, that's crazy. Internet's a strange place, but Finkel is yeah. Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. It's a great pet. Ace Ventura pet detective, it would say. Yes. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's very interesting. And, and, and to be honest, you know, college football in that stage of the game was kind of still very, it was just very unique. It still is unique. It's becoming more corporate now. But at that time, I think that was some of the better years of college football just in its stages in the 2010s where it was yes. still some good structure to how the conferences were Notre Dame was still a very true independent granted they still had their big games I don't know I don't know everybody go watch it I'd be interested to hear people's takes on it Same. now speaking of college football um, we have a full-blown college football spectacular. And in every sense of the word, we are fucking back. We've been teasing it for a long time. Norman Nate, everybody, yeah. is joining us. And I am so stoked for this. And without further ado, before we get into it, here's a word from our friends at Henson Shaving. This part of today's episode is brought to you by none other than our friends at Henson Shaving. If you guys have been listening to the show for a while, you already know that we swear by Henson Shaving. We've been using them for months, and there really isn't a better product out there. The Henson Razor puts an end to shaving irritation and cuts while also making your skin feel comfortable and smooth. This razor is made by using CNC machines to aerospace standards. That's right. Rocket ships, people. That means it's made to very tight tolerances, meaning that the combination of how securely it's held and how minimally the blade is exposed delivers a smooth and safe shave no other razor can offer. It's literally one blade. Be, be safe. Please be safe. They're very sharp. You twist on the top and you get to work. It's that easy. You remember the beard bet? 
You remember me shaving off the whole thing. If you need to watch somebody use it, go on my Instagram and check it out because it's really that easy. Cost ownership averages $88.20 every two years, which is essentially $177 less than normal cartridge razors. They're sustainable. It's precise. It's Henson shaving. It's got a nice weight to it. It's made out of metal. None of this plastic garbage. So please use the promo code the Taxi Squad. T H E T A X I S Q U A D at checkout, and you'll receive a hundred pack of blades free with the purchase of the razor. So you go on the site, you add the razor that you're looking for, and then you add a hundred pack of razors. You'll get those for free. For most users, this amount of blades will last you two to five years, depending on how often you shave. So that promo code again is the Taxi Squad at HensonShaving.com. Go check it out. And now the moment you're all been waiting for. He's our source for all things college football. Coming in at 6'11, 250 pounds, our favorite man south of the Mason Dixon line. It's none other than Mr. Norman. Let's, Let's go. go! Let's go! Let's How about go. that? That's the, the best damn introduction. I'm gonna tell my wife she needs to step her game up when she introduces me to people. I didn't that know you were delicious. so tall. <laughs> yeah, so tall, so hefty, so damn good looking. I know you forgot that out, but you didn't want me to blush too much. I thought people and already knew that. Just looking at you. How are you, Nate? <laughs> I am. I am great, man. I really am. How are you, fellas? Great. Um, Excited for the season. Yeah, oh, I know. I know. We got a lot going days. on in college football. Fuck yeah. College football extravaganza is back in full effect, Norman Nate. It is. And I appreciate you guys bringing me on with, with all the different things happening. Schools jumping all over the place. It's really, it's really exciting time. When generally the summer is really boring, we're watching women's soccer or we're not because they got kicked out. You don't like baseball? Won. Yeah, baseball. I'm, I'm not a communist. I'm not from a third world country. <laughs> okay, valid. I watch American college football. That's yeah. what I'm here to do. Yeah. That's all I want. That's valid. Yeah, it is incredibly valid. And you guys are all fired up. I love it. Oh well, <laughs> well we love having you, Nathan, and and we're very happy you're back. And you know, I mean, we are another step, or maybe another season, should we say, to the Norman Nate college football prophecy of a, in quote, super league or two super leagues happening right now in the CFB arena. Yeah. You want me to go ahead and just hop right on into it or please do you hop on that. Okay. So a long time ago, I was, I was asked by a guy I worked with loving very much. Uh, his name was Dave. Um, and he was a big time NFL guy, right? Uh, he's from Denver. Um, ironically, we're going to get into college football uh, with the Buffaloes and Dion and all that. Uh, but he's an NFL guy, right? Uh, and I get that. You know, I've also lived in big cities, San Diego, L.A., you guys from Chicago. And when you live in those mega markets, sometimes, you, you know, your first thought of football is not generally college. And so we started discussing things and he, I kind of got him in and brought him into being an OU fan. And he goes, you know, if you could do one thing to fix college football, what would that be? Um, and of course, since I have all the answers, I didn't have to pause very long. But I said the number one thing that we have to do in college football is get the trash the fuck out of here. Right? Get them out. Get them out. Come fuck them. Okay. Fuck There's them, 133 right. 
now 133 Division One football teams, right? What? So on paper, theoretically, D1, Division One, that league, 133 teams, right? The That's FBS, FCS, all that shit, right? On that ranking system and the gap between them and Georgia, let's say, is so astronomical on so many different facets, right? Uh, you know, programs offered, all the sports offered, the revenue generated. I know we might get into that a little bit later. Uh, the funding uh, from boards of regents, it's private funding outside of the revenue that they're generating off their football. The, the gap is just astra-fucking-nomical, right? And then you even got guys like the group of five guys, right, that are a part of that 133 groups. And, and, and in those, they have no chance to win a national championship. And what's even crazier is if you go to the actual Power Five conference, as we speak right now, the Power Five conferences uh, that are out there, right, there's teams inside those Power Five conferences. They also don't have a fucking chance. Right, uh, I think it was really crazy. TCU got their shot uh, last year. Are you telling uh, me that Wake Forest right, can't win a championship? Or... Yeah, Go come ahead. on. You're telling <laughs> us. You're telling us that Coastal right. Carolina can't compete in the Final Four. <laughs> come no, on. absolutely not. Absolutely not. Right. You know, and James Madison, right? yeah. Old Dominion. Right. Get the fuck out of here. Right. All you need uh, is quarterback. Like this. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> right. Um, but but there's 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 still trash. You take those kinds of trash, right? Southwest Maine Community College for the deaf. You take that trash out of here, right? And then you still though have in your your Power Five conferences still fucking trash, yeah. right? You have your fucking Kansases, right? You have your fucking. Hey, Kansas uh, played last year. They were pretty good last year. Yeah, that, they were great. You know, one season in yeah. the last two hundred and thirty fucking seats or whatever it is that they played. It's you know, that is a trash program. Yeah. Basketball completely different. Yeah. Football though, right? Trash, right? Has no shot. And if Baylor wasn't running a sex trafficking ring out of Damn. their fucking dormitories, <laughs> they also wouldn't have been fucking competitive. Is this true? Or is this accusing? Absolutely. That's how our brows got fired. Oh boy. Um, I mean, so, hey, Wander Franco is hanging around there for a little while. I guess so. <laughs> right. So, so there's a bunch, there's so much fucking trash in Division One. And I told him all these years ago, I said, that's how you fix it with the top blue blooded programs that already have. Uh, current history, but have financial horsepower to support their football programs and their other sports programs, uh, but also have the history and tradition in those programs to, to actually make it fucking competitive and fun, right? Vanderbilt is in the SEC, right? What the fuck mess. are they doing? Kentucky is also in the SEC, don't forget. Yeah. Right, oh, absolutely. There's a bunch of fucking trash there too, but uh, there's a lot of really good schools, right, uh, in the SEC. But anyways... Where that super conference prophecy, where I feel like it's coming to a fucking head, is with the Pac-4 now, right? You have Stanford and Cal, right? Cal, for a lot of people don't know, uh, is in the UC system of schools, University of California schools. Cal, the Golden Bears, is specifically UC Berkeley. Uh, like right. there's UCLA, yep. there's also UCSD San Diego. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a huge... Obviously, California, lots of people, a lot of colleges out there. But the Cal Golden Bears are from UC Berkeley. And so you have these four programs, Oregon State, right? You have these, Wazoo, if you'd like. You have these programs, right, that are 
essentially trash. Stanford can be average when they want to, right? But basically fucking garbage cans. California's quarterback you. Right. Well, you, you, get, you get Goff, you get Rodgers. Come on now. That doesn't make a QB. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah, right. At the, at the collegiate level, right, yeah. at the college football for what it is, it's fucking garbage, yeah. right? Uh, so those schools, right, are going – I'm telling you, fellas, within – if not by the end of this summer, certainly next summer – when it's for real, for real, and all these 2024 agreements go into fucking place. I'm telling you right now, those four programs that do have a lot of uh, academic horsepower, certainly like Stanford does, there is a lot of money that comes out of that school privately. They're going to want to join a conference. You think and Stanford is? Really you don't think they're going to have maybe the ACC, maybe the Big 12, and the Big 12 has kind of turned into a group of five with Houston and UCF and all of this, but... Uh, still some competitive levelness there, but it's really the Big Ten and SEC are the two power conferences it looks like going forward. And I suspect what is going to happen and fulfill my prophecy is the SEC and Big Ten are going to look to add programs more coming in the future, but they're going to get rid of some of their in-house trash. Yeah, and pretty soon we're going to have Notre Dame. I'm, I'm telling you. That price tag is too fucking Man. high for one fucking school at $75 million <laughs> in NBC. Too, too fucking high. But they'll be up in the Big Ten. It's their country. We'll have the SEC. We'll be back down in, in the southern part of the country. And I think there's really going to be a Super League north and south. And the Vanderbilts and everything else are going to get cut for maybe a Stanford or somebody else. Now, when you were involved now, and they're going to get rid of it all. When you were talking about Stanford too, and I've I've heard this argument made a couple times, um, specifically obviously because I'm a Notre Dame fan, so I I look out for this more than most people. Um, yeah. There's an opportunity now where Notre Dame is independent, like you said, and they are in a pretty good bargaining spot here. When a lot of people were like, "Why aren't they joining any of these conferences?" Stanford and my and I think that's I think for the great fighting Catholics out of out of South Bend, Indiana, I think that uh, they're going to wait. For Nate's prophecy to be fulfilled, I talked yeah. with Football Jesus there in South Bend. Uh, I went uh, to the mural and I said, Football Jesus, how do we unfuck this situation? And he looked me straight in the eyes, the mural did, and said, This is how it's done. Okay. And what we're going to do <laughs> so- the fighting Catholics is we're going to wait till all this plays out, right? This isn't over, right? Stanford um, can play the same game, though, no? Can't they well, go independent in the same way and be like, Hey, yeah. they don't have any opportunity? The hard part with Stanford, I think the hard part with Stanford going independent is their location. Right. See, Notre Dame, they absolutely can be independent and they can, they can play smack dab in the center of the country. Big time schools in an hour. Right. Yep. Um, So, so in, in their area, whereas Stanford, they go independent, they schedule anyone. They're flying completely out of state. True. Right. And we're Notre Dame. Sure. They're going out of state. Right. But they're going just right up the road, more or less to Madison, Wisconsin. Right. They can, you know, that's fine. Right. The fighting Illini, Purdue. There's a ton of big 10 programs up there uh, as you guys well. Northwestern. Right now, uh, Nate, I don't know about that, that anymore. Point, <laughs> I mean, if we're, if we're on Stanford right now, wouldn't it make the most logical sense for Stanford to join 
the the Big 12. There's going to be some gaps after this season. We got OU leaving. We got Texas leaving in the SEC. So it's going to leave some major voids there. There are some talks right now about ASU and University of Arizona potentially jumping to the Big 12 as well. I think they fit the conference very well. I think Stanford could be a nice addition. You had BU or BYU at one point being an independent, join the Big 12. It makes a lot of sense because now you have one Western state, you get a grouping of three more, and then maybe you segregate conferences similar to the Big Ten where there is an East and a West. Right. No, no, I, I think I think so. I, th- I think that's great. And Arizona, Arizona State, as far as I understand, have been uh, completely verified now. Um, and same with Utah, right? So um, the Arizona uh, Arizona market just in general um, is very lucrative to OU in Texas, and they know it well for baseball and softball players, right? Uh, that's where they all come from is California and Arizona, right, where they play year-round in 70-degree weather, right? Um, oh, that yeah. is big recruiting market. So for them to come over to the Big 12 makes complete sense. Absolutely. Not yeah. only that, I mean, but the Big 12 is a baseball market. I mean – OU has been in the dance a, a few years in a row, um, especially when Kyler was there. I mean, they were competing. So right. no, and, and you can't you can't shake a stick at Texas's program as well. So I, I do yeah. believe, though, that ultimately, to your point, uh, these these Sun Belts, these Mountain West conferences, where do they fit in this mix? Do they just become the Group Bs in a sense? Of sure. I mean, if you a wanted to do uh, a B league, like, just for sake of argument, right? If you wanted to do an A league, a B league inside a division one, and perhaps the national champion, quote unquote, of the B league gets an automatic bid to be as an outlier um, to join the A league, maybe you do something fun and exotic like That's that. That's like soccer, uh, right? Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> but but really, ultimately, I don't think consistently. And especially if you had the markets and you bring in these fucking teams and you get the Vanderbilts out and you get the Baylors out and you get you get the trash fucking universities the fuck away from from these two mega conference and it's only literally you know Michigan Notre Dame Oklahoma USC you have these big time serious 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 programs just in that I don't even know if you really want to put a plan. Because they're going to get rocked playing teams week in and week out like that. Really, frankly, I think they should be uh, FCS, right? I think they should yeah. be um, kind of Division Two out of the gate. Maybe not even a B League D1 school. Because a lot of those schools, too, we call them Division One, but they really don't offer you know 75 different athletic programs like USC and OU, right? Um, there's only a handful of those the, those schools that, that, that offer that. So... So how they even classify it as a Division One school, 133 of them. And I know a part of it's enrollment, but it's ridiculous. I, there are people, and you can get away with that in basketball, right? You well, that was my question. Yeah. And, and, and compete at a very high level in basketball. Football, you can't do it. You can't do it football in a state setting, right? Uh, like high school level. You can't also do it at the collegiate or obviously the NFL level. This is big time sports, but you know, you get seven dudes that play and one tournaments in New Jersey. Sure. They can go against a school against 5,000 kids or 10,000 kids or whatever the case is. Um, but it ain't like that in football, right. right? You need 22 athletic starters, right? 11 on offense, 11 on defense. Right. Um, and it tends to be 
at the high school level. So like here, right, um, we got 6A schools, 5A, 4A. I don't know how you guys do it, right? But a 3A school, state champion, can't even play a mid-level uh, 6A school. They get fucking destroyed, massacred, yeah. frankly. Um, and, and the same thing is happening in college football. Now, it's fun when Appalachian State you know, upsets Michigan. But keep it in mind, right? They're playing a bunch of other deadbeats, right? Yeah. They're playing a bunch of fucking jokers all year. But I'm telling you, boys, right? And I told my buddy this when West Virginia joined the Big 12. They're, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, West. this is when they're really fucking hot, right? Before they joined the Big 12, right? And, you know, they're Geno Smith. I was going to say, oh, yeah. Oh, I was about to say, was this the Pat White era or is yeah. this Geno era? Geno Smith. Geno Smith era. And right before yeah. they joined the Big 12, he's a dog. Oh, we're going to, and they had just beat OU um, in, a, in a bowl game. And he's like, oh, they're going to fuck up OU, blah, 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 blah. Last year was the first year they beat us since they joined the conference almost 10 years ago. <clears throat> and the reason for that is, is when you line up against real fucking men, keep in mind, these aren't kids. They're 18. Hell no. These are, these are fucking grown-ass men, some of these motherfuckers. When you're oh, playing yeah. Georgia, then Tennessee, then Alabama, right? That's a big difference in playing uh, Northwest Vermont. You know, Wait, hold on, Mike. Mike, you see how he put Tennessee in there? Yeah, Tennessee, right? Fuck yeah, uh, buddy. That, that, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I love that's myself in Tennessee. Football. Hell yeah, yeah, it is. Hell um, yeah, it is. Yeah. So that's what I think. I, I, I really do. I think my prophecy is coming true. I think a lot of this, and especially those West, schools, West Coast schools, are going to be the final nail um, after this next round of TV agreements to where it's, they're really going to tighten up. And it's going to be literally the cream of the – basically the NFL – ready teams those teams are going to compete against them and everyone else is just going to be trash so to that point do you think this is good for the game where now we have competitive football literally every weekend as opposed to tune-up games during the beginning of the season like usually the first three weeks before we hit october I mean, there might be one or two big games where you see some really good football, but the rest of it's just tune-ups. Training camp, yeah. Yeah, because there's no preseason in college football, so that is their preseason games, right? Um, You know, people forget that, right? The NFL, whether they choose to use them, uh, whether they start and play all four quarters, right? They get real reps against other athletes four times, four weeks uh, before they start their season. College football, it goes from practice and hitting the same dude in the mouth over and over and over to, uh-oh, this one counts, um, right. right? This is for the record books, right? This we, we, we fuck around and get hammered at the titty bar tonight, and we show up and get fucking smoked by Arkansas State. Uh-oh, not Arkansas, Arkansas State, State. right? Yeah. One too many shots, right, uh, last night with the boys, and we very well could be 28-21 in the fourth quarter to Arkansas State. Right. Uh, that's how that happens because it is real life in college No one's football. taking they it seriously. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. So, and, and then you take, is it good for college football? I'll give you this one just with our own rivalry, Bedlam, right? Nothing, yeah. we don't have professional football in this state. Weirdly, as big as Oklahoma is in football, both high school and collegiately, we don't have a pro football team. We've got a pro basketball team, which is very bizarre to me. Well, but anyways... Would uh-huh. you want it any other way, though? I mean, let's face it. Would would Oklahoma accept with open arms with the Dallas Cowboys being so close an NFL franchise? I don't think it would work. 
Oh, I think it would work big time. There's nothing to do in Oklahoma except get drunk and play football, which is very American for me. I love that, right? (laughs) There's nothing else to do. We don't have a Disneyland. Hell, we don't have a Six Flags. It is football here. So as far as entertainment, right, uh, there's churches and there's bars and there's food and football. Um, So I think football would do really well here. But I don't want to get super fucking, you know, off the off track. But uh, Bedlam, right? We look at Bedlam, an in-state rivalry, okay? It's great for college football. Well, is it, though? Right? I think our record against them fucking clowns is something like 161 to, like, 3. And I'm not being an asshole here. I I don't even know what it fucking is, but it's like 90-something for fucking percent win percentage. So, is it the only two schools in this state? Yes. Is it a football state? Absolutely. Do both schools quote unquote care about that game? Well, of course they do, but that is a one way ass whooping every fucking year. And there's a lot of these where they're saying, you know, USC and UCLA is going here and there. Well, man, what's going to happen with, uh, you know, Oregon and Oregon state who in this fucking country watches Oregon, Oregon state. I do. How about not a goddamn <laughs> one person? And not one on the West Coast. Either. I definitely do. But I think we're yeah. the outliers, oh, too. Right. I think overall. We're friends, yeah. Reverend. We don't have to lie here. <laughs> some of these, some of these, some of these uh, so-called rivalries are trash. Uh, really. And I, no. I really the rather USC, have. USC, Notre Dame. Notre Dame's Michigan. got that taken care of. No, not really. If you look at the overall. Now, no, to, to to Nathan's point with Oklahoma and, and Bedlam and OU, uh, the record stands at 91, 19, and 7. Jeez. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, so, yeah. so is that a rivalry worth a shit? I don't know. think so. Mm-mm. Frankly, I mean, it's child abuse is what it really is. Right? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Whooping I mean, that ass, sending them to their rooms, get the fuck back up there to Stillwater. Spencer Rattler, Spencer Rattler can win, uh, uh, can win in Bedlam. Most people can. I mean, let's face it. True. Now, with all of that, okay. So to your point, looking good for the game overall, looking good for college football as a brand. Now we were talking independence, so we got the fighting Catholics, fighting Irish, call them whatever yeah. you want, Manti Teo's girlfriend, whatever. Hey, <laughs> no need for those shots. We don't need to do call that. Call it whatever you want. I love those shots. I love them. <laughs> I'm sure you do. So, <laughs> so with the fighting Catholics and, and football Jesus and all that, long time independence, deal with NBC forever, probably not going anywhere anytime soon. This year, you know, they play Ohio State early, week three, I think, or week two. So that'll be fun. They're playing a lot of Big Ten competition. Do we foresee a future where maybe a Notre Dame does join? Or is it just as lucrative for them to stay independent? It, it, it lucrative for them to be independent now. But when the trash is taken out, when you go put those fucking garbage cans down at the end of your fucking driveway and said, okay, thank you for riding our coattails. Um, and you making all of this fucking money, right? Vanderbilt, right? Fucking Kansas, getting all these millions of dollars from these TV deals that OU and Texas bought for you, right? Uh, you know, that, you know, you know, the Ole Miss, Mississippi State, the Alabama and Georgia pay, you know, to a whole Big Ten conference, ooey pooey, fucking Indiana Hoosiers, all them fucking clowns. Right? Thank you, Ohio State <laughs> and Michigan, right? Um, yeah. 
So, but they get tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars in these in these uh, television contracts. I think when it's all said and done, the prophecy will be fulfilled. Notre Dame will end up joining that that fucking Big Ten once it's only superpower versus superpower. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, when when there's when there's so much competition in, in obviously multiple conferences, it starts getting smaller. That price tag is going to go up. Obviously, they're not joining the oh, SEC. Sure. There's no way they're joining the SEC, especially. I mean, you go to the Big Ten, there is competition, but I mean, especially with mm-hmm. OU and Texas joining anyway, it's it. I feel like it's a means to an end. But I also think that they're going to hold out as long as they humanly can, because why so not? Too. Why not? Yeah. Why? Why wouldn't you now? Okay, so everybody's calling Big Ten for football. They're already a part of the ACC and most of every other major division. College right. football is really the only place where they don't have a home. They choose is there to a stay future in the ACC. I, or is that the next one to go? I mean, Norman, your take on this is the ACC a dying breed? I mean, granted, you got Florida State, you got you got the U. Uh, you got Boston College, Clemson. I mean, Clemson's Louisville. been in the dance. I mean, yeah, Louisville, I guess, if you want to throw them in there. But I look at more so Clemson, right? Clemson's yeah. been to a national title in the past decade, multiple. So how does, to me, I mean, can you rid of the ACC quite yet? I mean, is this a 10-year span before we get to the you know, the two majors, or is this a 20 year span? Because Texas A&M left the big 12 to join the SEC clearly worked in their favor. Mm-hmm. And now we start to see all these teams kind of jumping at once. Is mm-hmm. this something where this is the new fad where all these teams start to disband and join the popular new thing because of the dollar bills, or do they stay in their conference due to the divvying of money? You already got Florida state coming out saying they don't want to be in the ACC anymore. How does this look as a progression in college football, you know, five, 10 years down the line? Yeah. So this is a, this is an interesting one, right? I think, I think the ACC um, as a, as a whole, as a conference, right. They're kind of, they're their own worst enemy Um, and kind of what I mean by that. Right. So you've know, you know, you got fucking uh, Pitt and Virginia and Wake Forest, right. All North Carolina state, right. All those dudes, all those little sisters are looking up to their daddy programs. And that would be the you, as you were saying, and Florida State and saying, uh, hey, hey, daddy, why don't you go to fucking work and do what Alabama and Georgia is doing? <laughs> hey, hey, daddy, daddy. <laughs> why don't you go do what fucking OU in Texas is doing, right? Go beat somebody's ass, motherfuckers, so we can make some fucking money, right? Um, but they're not doing that, right? And the U hasn't done that. Um, and, and quite frankly, I think when we talk about the, the super league, if you will, for what, and whatever we want to call that, right. Uh, eventually, but if you will, for sake of argument, the super league, I think leaving the, the ACC is the best thing for Miami, Miami and, and Florida state for the U and Florida state, because right now they're with a bunch of fucking degenerates that are fucking trash everything that they fucking do they need to fucking cut the umbilical cord and say not my daddy and go join a real fucking conference I, that's what i think they need to do right um because all these other schools in the acc right fucking boston college the fuck is that fucking Doug georgia Flutie tech bullshit. oh matt like, ryan yeah. come on yeah, matt ryan fucking <laughs> you know He's all trash university, trash <laughs> university, horrible at fucking football. ACC needs to 
I'm t- Miami and Florida State need to fuck away from the ACC. And they need to go and be competitive once again with people of their caliber. Right now, they're playing down, right, uh, to – to, to these schools. Wouldn't you, you know, prefer you that overall? I feel like as a team, you want to have those guys you can beat up on so you have that winning record every single year. Like As you move, and especially the U, as they've been up and down the last 10, 15 years, it feels like, you go to the SEC and you start getting eaten alive. <laughs> I almost would rather have like a 10-11 win season than be doing that. Yeah, but I mean, maybe, right? But then, that, boy, there's a lot of variables at play here, right? Yeah. Who is your athletic director makes a big fucking difference to a lot of these universities on what their success levels are. Ours at OU is, is fucking phenomenal, right? Uh, has made a lot of great decisions for us. So who is your athletic director? What is the vision of your program? What about the president of the university and the, your board of regents? Do they have your support, right? So there's all these different avenues and approaches i feel like if you take the u and you take florida state right and you can then tell these kids and it's kind of similar to what i was saying about lincoln riley what he can do with us usc in the big 10 right they can go to these different markets and say hey look we're not playing a bunch of fucking garbage cans that got no other no other scholarship offers in this country right from fuck and they're playing at louisville but now we're going to be playing against all Americans every day, every game, every Saturday that we go trotting on on that field. I think to a certain extent, a lot of those kids like that competition. I think yeah. that's why a lot of them want to go to the SEC. That's it's not, a, it's a, not up or shut up time, kind of. Huh? It's not up or shut up time. Yeah. You yeah. think you're the number one corner in, in, high, in high school football? Come and show me. Come play at Georgia and go play against fucking – you know, uh, all these motherfuckers that Alabama's put in the fucking uh, seven of them, you know, and the, the wide receivers that are NFL, probably Hall of Famers that have played Alabama here recently. Yeah. You're man enough. Let's play. Right. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you're going to beat up on Duke. You're going to beat up on Boston College. You're going to beat up on Pitt and Virginia. You're going to beat up on those clowns. But then what's going to happen is the, the, the scouter, the NFL scouts are going to take a look at that and go, well, sure. The fastest guy on Duke's football program runs a 6-4-40, right? That's their number one wide receiver. What happens when you are playing the NFL and everybody is quote-unquote Georgia, right? Uh, and their offensive tackle runs a 4-8. And you're like, whoa, what the fuck, right? So I think from a caliber standpoint, and I think that's going to be a big part of OU and Texas success. Uh, and, and it's a big, a big part of USC. You know, USC can go in November and go to these markets in the Iron Belt up there and go, do you really want to be in this 2010 zero-degree motherfucker? Or do you want to handle it? Seeing USC play Wisconsin, like midwinter USC versus Wisconsin is going to be the funniest shit I've ever watched on TV. It's going to be great. Okay, now I'm happy Vince (laughs) brought it up. And and Norman, I'm happy you brought this up too. And we're talking the Iron Belt, right? So, So we're talking primarily the Midwest. What, what do we think the thought process was for these Western schools like USC, UCLA, Washington, Oregon to join the Big Ten of all conferences as opposed to potentially joining the Big 12 where they can stay in that southern climate, in quote, 
and and really, I, I think, compete in a far bigger market. Because if we look at the Big Ten, call it what you will, next to the SEC, I mean, it's tier two or, you know, tier one plus or tier one, one B, B yeah. right? Yeah. Compared to the SEC, because you do have Ohio State, you know, like them or hate them, you do have Michigan. Um, how Penn does, State works out sometimes, too. There's like a lot of teams that sometimes get it. But. Yeah, Penn State, you know, made a Rose Bowl to say, Big fucking whoop. I'm I'm just saying, you know, to me, like it it doesn't make a ton of sense for them to join the Big Ten as opposed to the Big Twelve. I, I think a lot of it though goes into okay, we want to be a part of the big boys. The SEC is a little flooded. You got OU and Texas joining the SEC finally, which I do ultimately. I believe that you will see the end of Vanderbilt. You will see the end of Mizzou. I I think you'll see those teams who were once a part of the big 12 jump back. Um, And and I think they'll, they'll bring them in with open arms. But to me, I've wanted your take on this. Do we think Lincoln Riley was scared to jump back into the big 12 or did he just want something new? Oh yeah. So, um, yeah, a, a lot to, especially we're talking about Lincoln Riley specifically. Um, you know, did he not want to go back to the big 12? I, I can't speak for him. Uh, obviously, uh, and kind of what his thought process <laughs> were, but what I can't, what I can speak to, um, is the self pleasuring of themselves with their own mouths on their own parts, uh, as far as how proud they are to be liberals. And I, I'm telling you, the Big Ten is that way, and so is USC and UCLA, right? We're going to take 75 shots. Uh, we're going to wear all of our masks. We're not going to play football this season, right? The Big 12, the SEC, didn't shut down. They played their full schedules. Um, they're not about that at USC uh, and UCLA, right? Um, we don't want to make doctors and lawyers and engineers. We need to get uh, social woke degrees, and they're into that. Uh, and so is the Big Ten. Now, Minus the that, education side of it. I, I'm talking the football side of it. So, yeah, well, that, and, that and, might be very well and true, but more so the football thought process. That's the football thought of that. So so that's a big part of being able to get invitations to these different conferences, right? Um, it very much so is not a situation where you just go, hey, I'm OU. I've won eight, eight national championships. We're, like, I think, third on the all-time universities for national championships. And When's the last time that happened? Heisman trophies, 2003 okay. um, was our last one. And so it's been a while. It's been a little yeah. bit too long, right? Hey, man, um, I'm a Notre Dame fan. I'm with you. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but it is a part of the invite, right, is what is your academic um, uh, thought philosophy and how proud of you are of your academics? How many Rhodes Scholars do you have at your university? Um, and the Big Twin will flat out tell you, no, go fuck yourself if you don't have enough shots, you don't wear your mask, and you're not an academic. Uh, and you don't have so many guys pumped out of these propaganda factories. I'm telling you, they're into that. And you can research that. I know you people, that you, and maybe your, your fans, be like, oh, that's bullshit. You know if you know, and it doesn't take far to do on research, um, that USC and UCLA, their athletic directors, their athletic program, the university at large, that's why they went to the Big Ten. The Big 12 is not that way. What about money, though? You're making more money with the Big Ten than you are at the Big 12. Well, yeah, yeah. The name recognition is a thing. 
Yeah, you are. We got, but we got 14 schools. Go, right? Well, we got 14 schools in the Big Ten as of, you know, the past, you know, let's call it five years, 10 years yeah. almost. And then now we're going to have a total of 18. Soon, we'll, I think in the future, it'll be 20. Um, where and it'll never be the Big Twenty or the Big Eighteen. It, it'll always be the Big Ten for me. Yeah, that logo, baby. It's because of that logo. I'm telling you. Now, do we believe year one they'll they'll take it easy on them, and you know the Oregon's and and the UCLA's and the SCs will play those cold teams in the winter. They'll they'll keep the schedule balanced enough where they're playing, you know, Wisconsin in Cali as opposed to playing in you know madison in the middle of november i don't know and i don't know how much that even really truly matters right because so many of these kids truthfully are coming out of the south anyways right and not just like texas true obviously texas and florida florida whatever right you look at these rosters all over the country um, and you've got warm weather kids playing in cold weather areas now they do it more obviously up there but a lot of it right anymore you know these kids are all indoor training facilities indoor this indoor that uh, because of the horsepower financially of these programs it's not like these kids are johnny badass fucking union you know steel worker you know swinging hammers every day these kids ain't that way right they're indoor kids um so when they do play outside uh, frankly sc has just as much of a chance as Wisconsin does, I would say, uh, of winning that ah, game. You got some corn-fed men over there, though. Come on. Uh, yeah. yeah, they got, got a lot of corn-fed You know, you look the at their Midwest, rosters, buddy. right, and there's Hell kids yeah. from Georgia on Wisconsin's roster that are pork-fed. So, well, you know, those it's are the not kids like that didn't every make kid the... is from Canada up north, no. right? No, yeah. those are the guys that we, we do have to understand. They didn't make the cut necessarily to play in the sure. SEC, to play for a powerhouse. So you go to the Big Ten, get your teeth there. And I mean, there are major recruits now who are out of Cali and who are out of, you know, the, in quote, Ivy League of high school football, Texas, OU, or, or Oklahoma in general, um, that does produce a ton of talent as far as recruiting goes, signing with Midwest schools, and it's a no big. So it, it, to your point, maybe irrelevant. Now, as far as things look right now, we have a fair amount of movement, right? Now, OU this season, last year in the Big 12, I know you got an ear to the ground. How are we looking, Nate? Uh, recruiting really well, uh, but that's our biggest problem, right? Uh, is that we're very, 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 very young. Um, Almost all of our five stars are going to be true freshmen this year. Uh, And we'll probably get a significant amount of playing time uh, because we're we're lucky this year, I think, if we're 500. I I really feel that way. Damn. Um, You know, so this will be – this year, right, will be Venerable's year two – so that means that the guys that he recruited in are going to be sophomores. So they're still underclassmen, right? So the juniors and seniors that are there, he didn't bring to this program. Uh, it was guys that stayed that didn't go on the plane flight with Lincoln Riley, um, the leftover trash that we had. So you have underclassmen and Lincoln Riley's trash. So that's, that's going to be rough, right? Um, but, hey, number four recruiting class in the country right now is something we haven't even had when Bob Stoops won our last national championship in 2003, that class of kids was not a top five recruiting class. We haven't had one since then. 
Um, the last one was with Barry Switzer. Um, so recruiting, looking up, uh, kids looking up, um, and the general consensus for the state of Oklahoma is we don't even, we've already punted on this season. If it's successful, great, we got lucky. But if it's not, it's fine. Our our studs are young. Let's just not get them hurt, and let's get ready for our, our trip to the SEC. So you're still a Brett Venables guy. Oh yeah, big time. I am now. I am now. Because uh, got because he got to be, or because you like him. Um, so we're both. <laughs> I, I like I like that he speaks these kids' language, um, and very 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 consistently, both the pros. So a lot of these college programs, pros are constantly coming in, coming out, whatever, right? Like Demarco Murray's our running back coach now. And, Adrian Peterson stops by at the you know spring game and yeah. stuff, right? So they talk to these kids too, the players, and both the the pros and former pros, and then the kids that are at this program, and I think that's why we're recruiting so well, are saying they'd run through a wall for Brent Venables. Nice, and that's the most important thing. I don't have to believe it. I think he's full of shit. And that's, it's a whole very Dabo Sweeney, right? Everybody is a little full of, of shit, fucking, right? Everybody yeah, is, but if they buy shit. in, then you're good. Yeah, they bought into it, and so I'm fine with that. Um, so they're into it. He speaks their language. He recruits well. Uh, so, you know, I think he's doing the right thing. So he, he's he's starting to win me over. Now, year three, you know, our first year in the SEC, our, our first you know upperclassmen that he's recruited that are juniors, they need to start playing like the All-Americans that they were in high school. Oh, yeah. Uh, and if they do that, I think we'll be just fine. Okay, so – Deion Sanders is in Colorado. I've seen yep. a lot of videos. There's a lot of lip talk right now. Like he's turning it around. Colorado's going to be good. Jackson State obviously outdid all the expectations that they had the last couple of years that he was there. Do you think that Deion Sanders is going to bring a difference to Colorado? I And before, as a preface, I saw a video today where Colorado, there was a fight in their practice and a couple guys were walking off and they weren't, you know, joining the fight and shit. He got everybody together. He's like, if you're going to fight, everybody's fighting together. I like that sentiment. I don't know if it's, you know, coach talk, coach speak, whatever it may be. What do you think Colorado's doing this year? Do they think that, do you think they have a chance to have even a winning record? Cause they were horrible last year. Yeah. Uh, are you ready for hot take of the day? Oh, I've never been more ready for anything in my life. We're you know, add some, some hot effects. Some okay. Sound effects, you know? Yeah. Uh, fire burning. The day. Okay. If they're 500 delicious for him. And I think that that's, a, that's great. If they're okay. 500, when it comes to that, uh, that fight, I gotta tell you straight up, straight up. Okay. Somebody told that kid to do that, that offensive line. Damn. I think that whole thing was fucking staged. Okay. I think it's bullshit of the <laughs> highest order ever, 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 ever. I think that was more staged than anything our federal government has ever done. You I think he pulled, he pulled that from his from his network network experience? I, well, I, absolutely, like, hey, I absolutely think he's doing it to bring movie um, magic. attention <laughs> yeah. uh, to the Colorado football program. Look, and, and I, I kind of commend him for it. Is it chicken shit? Of course it is. But you know what? At least he's trying, right? Who wants to go to Boulder, Colorado to go play football? Hashtag not a fucking single soul in this motherfucking country, okay? Not one of them. It's long hashtag. Their record attendance for that school is 54,000. 
Okay. Now, how am I going to tell the number one wide receiver in the United States of America that you're going to go to Boulder, uh, San Francisco in the mountains, you're going to go there and only play <laughs> 54,000 people and in the Big 12, as opposed to playing in the Big 10 and SEC and be competing for national championships in front of 104 to 110,000 at some of these fucking stadiums. Because it's uh, prime time, football. baby. <laughs> yeah, because of prime, because he has a cowboy hat on. Oh, yeah. I, I just, I don't think so. And okay. you know what? God bless him. He got to a Division One program, a, a legitimate Division One program uh, that is in a Power Five conference. You know, that's a big win um, for for any coach in this country. Uh, you know, think about all the tens of thousands of high school coaches in this country. Um, that would have been a huge thing, and and in college sports, that would have loved to be uh, Division One Power Five school, right? But he's got to bring attention to it. The University of Colorado in in Boulder, Colorado, since Flash, Cordell Stewart has not done jack shit for football since those days. Since I was like fucking six. Any other sport for what it's worth, too. They haven't done anything anyway. So so he's got to do something, and I do commend him for that. We've got to get ourselves out there. I've got to get exposure because kids in South Los Angeles and in Miami Dade County, they have no idea where Boulder, Colorado is. Yeah. They have no idea about the University of Colorado, and that is a fact. And so, if he wants to compete at a real high level, and he's going to be competing, you know, recruiting against all these other Power Five programs, he's got to have things. And so, where you've seen that guy tackle him, and it says that he threw him down. That dude was looking, his helmet, his eyes were up in the sky and he just kind of let him fall over to the right. He mm-hmm. didn't fucking throw nobody. Get the fuck out of here. And then that big well, kid comes up to show what kind of a man he is. And then there's the talking point. We're a family. We sit together. We pray to the good Lord together. You, we eat turkey every day together you said it together i go to walmart together and if somebody doesn't get the shopping cart for the next guy then that's bullshit because we are a united family you said it you you said it if everybody else thinks it's bullshit it's whatever but if the players are in on it then we're good and we're talking absolutely if the players are in on it okay but and they might be in boulder i don't think that wins for recruits and the rest of the country. I so he's not I think no bullshit. We do have to understand though, everybody's a little low, I think, on the Colorado uh jump to the Big Twelve, which I, I think is genius for them as as a overall oh, it's great uh, for program. Yeah. Now, yeah. what we what we can't forget though, I mean, they rank twenty first in, in overall recruiting. The transfers that they had rank number one in the country. They've had some five-star transfers this year and four-star transfers that are truly A1. I mean, they rank top as far as commits go, as far as transfers. Some guys who, you know, were full-blown bona fide studs that transferred to play for Prime. And I mean, sure. And, the, and, the and I get, I get you what could... you're saying with that, right? And so that would be a great 
a case study, if you will, for the University of Tennessee and Texas A&M, which very consistently are in the top five, if not top five, top ten uh, in, in the recruiting rankings every year. Well, OU hasn't had a top five one in however long. I mean, it was like 90-something, 99, something like that. It's been a long fucking time. But here we are competing. Because it's not all about the five stars. It's what you do with those five stars, right? Alabama has all these five stars. But Saban knows how to manage those egos. He knows how to manage a whole bunch of alpha males that have been told since they were seven that they are the best football player on this planet, right? He knows how to deal with those egos. Kirby Smart knows how to deal with them, right? We'll see how they do at A&M in Tennessee, but historically not very well. It does, it's not all about the stars. So I think what will be really interesting for Dion, right, which is already an awfully big personality, how is he going to manage a whole bunch of quote-unquote five-star personalities, right, where everyone there shits on silver platters and has never had to use toilet paper a day in their life because someone wipes their ass for them since they were in peewee football, right? <laughs> How does that look? Is he going to be able well, to manage all those egos? He he was doing a fair amount of it, and I mean, he is the ego king, and he's the first one to tell you. He was doing a fair amount of it at Jackson State, which he did pull some five-star recruits to a very small school. Now, mm -hmm. if we're going back to the thought process of the transfer rankings and how that looks, I mean, Colorado ranks one, and then the top five below that, LSU, Ole Miss, USC, Auburn, and then we'll just go top ten since we're here, Florida State, Miami, OU, Oregon, UCLA. So, yeah. I mean, some major commits flipping. Dion's got yeah. 50 the the highest next to that would would be Ole Miss at twenty three. So, a lot of it's the guy to the point where you know you look at a guy like Lane, you look at a guy like Dion, and then of course Brian Kelly, him and his family. Yeah, uh, sure. Forgot about that. <laughs> so, yeah. it, it's 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 interesting to me where people are down on them, but I believe they could be competing for a Big Twelve championship in twenty twenty four. Yeah, maybe. You know, it depends on if those guys get hurt. Some of them transferred because they were five stars, but then they're backups elsewhere. So is that is it is it is it all because those guys are the number one X and Y Z, whatever position they are, and also played that way uh, at their respected universities or transfer that's something to watch. And then it's gonna be their egos. And then the systems that they played in, right? Um, you know, are some of these, you know, some of these offensive kids that are out of high school that are flipping and stuff, played in wing T offenses, right? Misdirection counter runs, right? And there's other kids that are coming from five wide, throw it everywhere. And it's very, very different football. So how are you going to get 50 kids, right, that have never played a down of football with them? And that does matter, right? Um, and in that system, right, how, how fast will they turn it around? I don't know. You know, two years from now, three years, it's really a Brent Venerable situation. You know, in college sports, you got to do four years at a minimum before you run somebody off because you've got to get the garbage out, your kids in, and your system in. And everyone has to know your system. Um, you know, plug and play here in their portal is great, right? Um, hey, you know, got run, my fucking star receiver got hit by a train. Man, it's shitty luck. Let me go get a receiver. Fine. How that many receivers works. have been hit by trains? 
Oh yeah, that just is an example. <laughs> no, right? I know I'm fucking uh, with you. This is a <laughs> yeah, but if you're talking about, I'm going to literally take my entire program, gut them, and then take kids from all over the country and all kinds of offenses and de- and just slap them together. I mean, we'll see how it works. But you know, I'm that'll work in a passing league, right? Which is fun. You know, a high school version of spring football. Um, but. You know, in real life football, eleven man football, I don't know. I don't know if we can just slap a bunch of personalities together, you know, and see how that works. We'll see. But speaking of speaking of passing league, uh, there are some interesting odds for Heisman watch right now, and I we only have about like ten minutes, give or take, for for this. So, um, the number one odds right now is Caleb Williams at plus five fifty. He would be the first Heisman to go two times since Archie Griffin in the 70s. There's a couple other guys that are working right now, too. Do you have somebody in your head? Do you think Caleb Williams is going to double it up and and do what he did last year? Or do you think, hey, maybe Quinn Ewers comes back? Maybe Sam Hartman? Wake Forest transfer to Notre Dame? Who knows? It's possible. Do you have somebody in your head that you think is basically a shoe in to go in and do it again? Uh, Caleb Williams, for sure. Um, his football IQ is unreal. Yeah. Right. Um, he knows when to throw it. He knows when not to, uh, he knows when to fight for yards. He knows when not to, um, right. Is it a long ball? No problem. They're lawn darts, right? Yeah. Um, are they, you know, across the middle 10, 15 yard slants, you know, kind of deeper route slants on a laser on an absolute rope, right? Um, speed, he's got it, agility, size, right? Um, that when I saw him at that spring game, it just it blew me. Fuck, I've never seen somebody play and throw the football with that IQ that young ever in my life. You were that the first kid. person I know that was like it was when um when Spencer Rattler was starting for Oklahoma, you're right. like, look out for the backup. Like you were the first time well, you, that told I mean any or told it, me it, about Caleb Williams. It was broke on this podcast that Caleb Williams was the next dog, and that happened two years ago, and that is because of Norman Nate out scouting, watching fucking spring games, watching freshmen. Exactly. So shout out to you, Nate. We we well, gotta get you. you in a different profession, my guy. Yeah, well, I'm me. telling you, I'm telling you, I need to get out of the oil field and start being a high school Scout. recruit. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, yeah. okay, Quinn Ewers, Quinn Ewers in Texas. He had a really good year last year. Obviously, the Arch Manning thing comes. He was actually the Manning guy to watch this year, which I thought was a little bit hilarious, given the fact that he's on the same team as him. You got Jordan Travis right now, um, who's going to be the quarterback for Florida State. You got Cade Klubik, Cade Klubnik, who's going to be the quarterback for Clemson. Um, you think Caleb Williams is just by leaps and bounds better than all of those guys? Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's it's it, because it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it's so he's one one draft. If not, if everything goes at least decent this year, he's one one in the draft. He's coming out because he seems like he's the perfect prospect for the NFL. I, I think so, and you know he needs to do. Um, what, uh, oh, what's his head? Uh, oh, name the school, right? Uh, what, what's Peyton Manning's dad's name? Archie. Archie. Archie Manning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What he did, uh, with Eli and said, my son ain't going to play for the garbage ass San Diego Chargers. Yeah. It's not going to fucking happen. 
Good right call, huh? <laughs> hindsight's hindsight's a bitch. <laughs> okay, because the fucking Chargers, which I was from San Diego, fucking huge Charger fan. So was my fucking wife. But it is a trash ass organization. Yeah, and you did get Sean Merriman. You did get Roydhead, Sean Merriman, HGH King, Sean Merriman. They had Sean Merriman, Junior Say. They had dogs, man. Right. They still won't win a fucking Super Bowl. No. They will never win a Super Bowl no because shot. they're fucking trash at the very, very top. I mean, they've had some unbelievable Hall of Famers play for those motherfuckers. Yeah. I mean, some really good. At, at they had good quarterbacks. Right. A great quarterback. Yeah. Right? Drew Brees uh, played for the Chargers. Multiple great quarterbacks. Right. Yeah. No, I know. And so yeah. if I was Caleb Williams' father, I would go because that is the shittiest thing about being the best college football player and the irony that it is about being the best college football player in the United States. That means you're going to the Cleveland Browns to die. The Jacksonville That's what that fucking is. You're going to go be a paraplegic well. in year fucking three of the NFL. You're going to be rolling around a little fucking goddamn, you know, a little fucking scooter because you're a fucking paraplegic. Because no one fucking will block you. You want to know what's funny, dude? He probably he might end up on the Arizona Cardinals <laughs> this year. No, they that, might be that, the worst team in the league this year. Although the Arizona Cardinals, the, cl- the fall from fame was pretty quick. I mean, Kyler That's was what I'm saying. great. He yeah. was great for that first year under the handsome son of a gun under the former Mike Leach guy, Nate. Who, what's yeah. his name? Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. Kingsbury. There he yeah. is. No, so, absolutely. But that's, that's the way it goes. I mean, when we used to play college football and I'd play also Madden, I, my senior year, I made sure that I fumbled every fucking down. So that my imported player, right, will fucking uh, be like in the second or third fucking round. I win the Heisman my freshman and sophomore, but then I trash myself out so I didn't get drafted on the motherfucking Cleveland Browns or some other fucking dirt bag. No, I'm, I'm psycho. Trash. I want to. I want to take the worst to make them the best, babe. I'm with you. We're, if we're talking <laughs> CFB, if we're talking Madden right now, give me the shittiest team possible. I'm taking them to the ship, guys. <laughs> Yeah, okay. And I mean, Caleb Williams, God bless him. I, he will try. Um, but, and I feel so bad for him. I really, really wish uh, he gets Archie Manning. That I really wish he does. I hope he goes to a winning program that has a legit shot at winning or at least going to Super Bowls. Um, I, I, I hate for him personally, even though he left me and went to USC and left the Sooners. That dude, as a football sense that is unfucking believable it really it really truly is and uh, and i think he's only just gonna get better and better and well, better over time. you can't hate that much on him he did stick with though you to the very end of that season brought him a brought him a bowl game and, and i'm not i i'm like i say i'm not even i'm not super pissed because that dude is literally generational uh generational it's unbelievable and we'll see in the nfl what happens right mike mike uh, asked yeah, me this last really- week Mike asked me this last week: Is it a, is it a failure if USC doesn't get to the national championship this year? I don't think so. No. Really? What if they don't make the playoff? What if they don't make the playoff? What if they get bounced by Utah again in the Pac-12 yeah, championship? I don't know. I. Hmm. I mean, reminding everybody, this was the same team that lost to Tulane in the Cotton Bowl. So. Right. 
Yeah, you know, I don't know. Or what, whatever it was, the, the PS5 Bowl. Fuck it. I, I don't know. But same team that lost to Tulane in like the final five minutes because they couldn't stop a nosebleed. I know they can't. And, and that's a Lincoln Riley trademark. No I, defense, all offense. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, dude, yeah. the dude literally just gives the whole – he might as well call a timeout when they're on defense, okay? I'm telling you, the first play of the fucking season, he needs to call a fucking timeout. The first the first snap that his USC defense goes out there, he needs to call a timeout, jog out to the 50-yard line, and just flip off all the fans. Because that's what it fucking feels like. That's what he's doing. He's talking shit to everyone that's ever played the best sport in the history of this fucking country or this fucking planet. He's just giving us all the bird because he could care less. If if another team scores 71 points, that's fine. We scored 72. A win is a win. That is his philosophy. That's what he believes. And most specifically, where he struggles, when we're talking about USC, most specifically is against man teams like Utah, right? You know, a bunch of fucking ranchers kids out there that are fucking tough. And they're going to the Big Ten. I know. The Big Ten is going to be that way. So like I said before, it is critical he gets some of those kids on his team. It is critical that he goes out there and gets some big corn-fed motherfuckers and goes, hey, you need to come out here to Los Angeles. I've got to get beefy. I've got to get nasty. Because anytime Lincoln Riley plays, well, he ain't going to stop nobody. But secondly, and possibly most importantly, if they go to the weight room, Lincoln's fucked. He's fucked because every kid on his team is five foot one, 143 pounds. That's who he recruits. That's time who he out. Time now, out. He gets time some fucking out. portal guys. He gets some fucking <laughs> transfer guys. He's got to get bigger on the offense and defensive line, and he's got to take defense seriously. Flashy only goes so far. I know. I'm telling you. You can only do video game offense bullshit and just flip the fans off on defense. You can only do that so far. So, so, so for me, is it a letdown if they don't get to the playoffs? Uh, not necessarily. It'll be a letdown if they don't score 60 points a game. Yeah. That will be a fucking letdown. <laughs> because now he's not doing his job, a job that we know he's capable of doing. It's clear. It's clear. Defense is not interested. He's not interested in it. So if they don't put well, up 60, then, then that's their bad. Well, in in his defense, I mean, three, I I mean, primarily all of the transfers that have come in were all SEC guys that are all, you know, defensive tackles and linebackers and cornerbacks that are simple. And if he can keep that up with those kinds of guys, I think you're going to have a lot of success with him. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Then he punts. Well, well, it wouldn't be surprising if the Alex Grinch, uh, you know, Lincoln experiment does proceed to continue to spit out terrible defense. Now, I just have a, an interesting question for you, Nate. W- what's going on with this OU schedule playing like one ranked team all season? Oh, uh, this year? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. We're playing the University of Maine. Did you even Stack know that they the had a university? <laughs> not, not, not until that schedule came out. I was like, how be damned. It literally is Maine's sisters, uh, little sisters of the poor. I didn't know that. I talk shit about them all the time. I didn't know. Good seafood there. up there. Yeah. Great uh, seafood. <laughs> Maine. I don't know about the football program. Yeah, right. But the only, like, no, my bad. You got two ranked games. You got Texas and TCU. 
I, yeah. I mean, what's going on with is this schedule just kind of like okay, we're gonna just primarily pay, play the Big Twelve, Tulsa, have our rivalry games, and and we're on our way to the SEC. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, the, there's the there's the real fan, there's the real answer, and then there's the fan answer. I don't know which way you want. The, the 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 fan answer is okay. We've punted on this season. Who gives a shit? Uh, and our team is very young, so got, we got we got very lucky and blessed with this schedule. And we would be lucky still to be five hundred with as young as that we are with this garbage ass schedule this year. Then obviously the next twenty twenty fours came out looks much better, um, so on and so forth. Fine, right? But um, this one is ugly. We're young. The realistic answer is. What a logistical nightmare it has been for these fucking schools, right? Of adding all these schools, taking schools away. What are we going to do? People are losing series and adding series, right? Uh, for example, we were supposed to play Georgia this year, um, but that got canceled because we're going to the SEC next year. Um, so, so because of conference realignment, it was a logistical fucking nightmare of when these these games were going to get scheduled or not. Some of these schedules, right, they do goofy bullshit in college football, right? They'll schedule, for example, Houston. We play them next year. We're going to play the University of Houston. And then the next time it's a home-and-home home series, we play them in like 2036, right? <laughs> like, what the fuck? 2036, we're going to be on the moon fucking yeah. around with aliens and shit. <laughs> what, what, I don't even know why they would schedule something that fucking far out. Um, so, so they do really odd stuff. And so our schedule is really ugly this year. Um, but I still think we'll be 500 if that, just cause we're so young, but don't call us out on that. That was a conference realignment deal. Okay. So that's what we're going with. Who's going to start quarterback this year for OU? Hmm. Fucking Dylan. Sorry. Ass Gabriel. I can't. Stand <laughs> what about the freshman that you were so high on? They're going to start fucking Dylan Gabriel. I, I, <laughs> They, you don't think him. they're gonna. You don't think they're gonna put. You don't think they're gonna put a Jackson Arnold. Yeah, no. you don't think they're going with the young kid. You don't think they're gonna get his feet wet a little bit before next season before he's playing real dogs. If, if it's we a wash. accidentally get up by forty on Arkansas State, I, he might go out there and, and chuck the ball around. I, I doubt it. I, they're all into this Dylan Gabriel kid. I, they just love him. I mean, he has thrown for a an unbelievable amount of yards. I mean, he really has. But it's not all about the yards. It really isn't. He throws stupid interceptions. He, be- he throws the ball over people's heads. A- again, that's that's what I'm saying. You watch enough of these fucking games, if you're as ate up as I am and basically don't have a life on Saturday and Friday nights with local high school football. You're talking to the right people. <laughs> you're yeah, talking to the right, right people. people. Right? There is a massive gap between a guy like a Caleb Williams and a Dylan Gabriel. No, I'm not being dramatic, and no, I'm not saying that, you know, oh, well, you know, Caleb's really good, and, you know, Dylan's pretty good, too. They're not even playing the same sport, right? Um, and that really frustrates me. And and you can get a whole lot of yards throwing swing passes, right? Those aren't real quarterback throws, right? Those aren't actual fucking rounds. You throw a two-yard fucking little swing pass, the guy takes it for 30 yards, that's a 30-yard pass. That was not a 30-yard pass, but it was a 30-yard pass. So, so you know, that's where there's a big difference in those. And there's no, not all 30-yard passes are the same is the point I'm trying to get to. And True. Dylan Gabriel is in, incapable of throwing a deep ball. 
and his middle game well, is average at best. I I would give him that. Jackson arm- Arnold is very much so uh, Baker when he was in college and uh, Caleb Williams, right? Uh, well, Probably well, somewhere in between those two. Yeah, I was just about to say I don't th- I don't know if you could put Baker and Caleb in the same sentence, but no, it's somewhere in between those two. Okay, Heisman, number one overall. <laughs> Baker, Baker's gonna he's about to be on college game day in about three years. Yeah. It's yeah, fine. I love him. He's another day. another example, right? You're talking about a program that hadn't won a football in how many years? Was it, was it really three or four or five fucking years? The Browns hadn't won. And they, he, he got them their first win, right? Bud Light fucking bought everybody in Cleveland a beer, right? I mean, he did, took them to the playoffs, right, for the first time and since 1826 or whatever the fuck crazy it was. I mean, the Very guy did a whole hell of a lot for that. He did. Just he, a, he, he had, what, two they, head coaches, four offensive coordinators, right? And Jesus Christ, you know, I mean, we got to give him a little bit of a break, not just that, you know, I'm a little bit biased. And and now, now right, he is like a paraplegic because nobody would block for him, and he just got decimated, and now he's trashed. And he's I'm also you, five foot two. For so many so five two. Top, yeah, that's a good point. He's also a he, first round quarterback. They he's, get fucked he, up. He he's uh he's about as tall as me, and I'd like to say I'm halfway tall, but not to play uh professional quarterback. Now No, but I mean our boy from Boston College wasn't tall, Doug Flutie, right? Drew Brees is he's tall. the exception, not the rule though. I mean Flutie, no, I know, exception. but it's not like it can't happen. Bryce Young, we'll see. Bryce Young, <laughs> we will see. He looks like a baby. Um, okay, so now that that we're we're getting down this rabbit hole, I mean, I, I think this is a great way to kind of wrap this up till we have round two, about hat to the halfway point of the season after kickoff sometime here. So we we do have, you know, the final year of what we know college football to be right now. So this is the last year before the conferences are all realigned. So who are your Four, at the end of the year, we're getting to Christmas time or we're getting there. It's about college football playoff time. Who are the four teams in your eyes who are going? And then who's playing in the national championship, Nate? We're going to 12 this we're going to 12 this season, though, aren't we? Are we? Yeah, it doesn't matter. I, I just want the final four anyways. Okay. Yeah, we're just going to uh, go our, our final four going in and wrapping up the season. I think you're correct. We, we, we're either doing 12 this year or next if year. we're doing 12 this year, I am already horny. This is going to be great. <laughs> Not like it's going to mean much. The same four teams <laughs> are going to be there. That's why I'm asking the question. Yep. So, yep. so, Nate, in your eyes, who do you have? Hmm. I'm going to say for my top four, I'm going to go Texas, Georgia, Michigan, and I don't know. You want to do it. I'm going to say Florida State. Yeah. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go, Nate. All right. Who wins it? Who wins it all? I would say, mostly Texas. 
Yeah, Texas. Go, dude. Really high on Horns Texas. up, baby. All right. All right, Vince. Vince, who you got? I hate myself for doing that, by the way. Wow. Dude. I'm I'm blown dude, away. I know. I'm... And you're you made me so happy by doing that. I pick so for if you don't know, I pick Texas to win the NCAA championship in basketball every year. So every year. The for fact some that you took them, reason. Especially year. as an Oklahoma fan, you taking them makes me excited. Quinn Ewers is a dog um this year who i'm gonna take to win do you want my four or do you want me to my my win i want four vince i mean we're all, all doing right. four here i'll put usc in there i will i'll do it for hell you. yeah you got it. my guy um i think sam hartman's gonna have a great year i'm gonna throw another dame in there shout out to them um so <laughs> there's two yeah laugh is uh-huh. all you will it's fine um uh-huh. george is gonna make it in there and then i'm going to reflect your sentiments as well and put michigan in there um Michigan or Ohio State, one of them is going to do it. Someone's going to do it out of the Big Ten. So, SC, Michigan, Georgia, and Notre Dame. Who I think is going to win? I this is tough. This is tough. I can't give it to Michigan. It's not going to happen. Notre Dame's not going to happen. So I'm between two here. Uh, Georgia might do it again. I'm going to take Georgia. I'm going to take Georgia. I don't know who's playing quarterback, but I'm going to take Georgia. Well, okay. yeah, and if they get a third of their team out of jail, right? Well, that's that's par for the course. They like to drive fast. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Those kinds of guys win football championships. Yeah. They they like to drive fast. All right, yeah. all right. We'll 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 wrap it up here. So so Chicago Mike to be Phoenix Mike, uh, his final four here. So. I, I agree with the both of you. I, I, I do think Michigan is the cream of the crop in the Big Ten. I, I just don't think Ohio State has a quarterback this year to get him over the hump. I, I just don't think it exists. J.J. McCarthy season. J.J. McCarthy season. Now, if we do look at it, though, um, everybody snoozed on a team that I was pretty surprised on. And, okay. and personally, I think it's capable of being done. Uh, but LSU has a mm-hmm. legitimate group of dogs and um yeah i I do believe they they are putting something together out there as a family then give me georgia and and last but not least of course usc and Mm. i do believe the final game of the season is usc versus georgia in the national championship game and you're taking usc (laughs) No, still give me Georgia. <laughs> yeah, I'll take Georgia in the over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll go on the over for sure. I'll be betting on that game. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, will too. Yeah. I don't give a shit if Caleb wins the Heisman again. Just get to the national championship game. That's well, he'll where do I'm everything he can to go to do that, and I think he will be able to provide to do that. But he's got it. I'm telling you, put that guy at safety. He's enough of a fucking athlete. He can oh, do man. it, surely. I mean, he, they, his defense has got to help him out, you know? His defense needs to help him out greatly if they can put a defense on the field. The weapons are there offensively. I, oh. I do think USC, in my eyes, if, if they don't go this year, it is a true disappointment. Well, Norman, Nate, man, we have missed you dearly, my friend. That's all uh, I got to say. Same to you, my guys. Miss you guys. It's been a yeah, blast. It really has. You are the you are our source for college football. Every time we do this, Everything. it's a blast. So I'm excited to talk to you again, truly. 
Yeah, oh, we, thank we, you, man. Thank you. It's been a blast, man, on this ride, and there's a lot to talk about. So I'm sorry I, I got so into it. <laughs> no, never no, apologize for getting don't. into it. This is why you are here, and uh, we are going to make this a continued series as we continue out through the college football season. This isn't the end of the road. This is just the beginning. So we hope you're ready for more college football talk. Norman Nate. We'll see you at the wedding getting after it. Hell yeah. And uh Hey, that's yeah, the first brother. time we're gonna meet. Oh, really? You're gonna be there too, Reverend? <laughs> what do you think, man? I do oh, this weekly it, with man. the guy. You better believe it. It's gonna be a hell of an ordeal. I'm excited to see that Dougie. <laughs> we are gonna have a party as we do every week. Norman Nate, we thank you so much. And college football literally ten days away. Woo! Let's get it. Let's Cheers, go. boys. Cheers, boys. <laughs> This portion of today's show is brought to you by Liquid IV. That's right, the hydration brand we've all come to know and love is with ya boys. It's festival, outdoor party, and adventure season, and proper hydration is essential. You don't want to miss out on the summertime activities while they're still here. Liquid IV will help you hydrate and stay in the game. I've been using Liquid IV for a few years, and i found a ton of uses for it. Uh, going to sleep after a day-long soiree. This is the product that helps me rehydrate and recover. I brought them with me on hikes, long bike rides, vacations, and maybe most importantly, bachelor party weekends. The beauty of it all is that Liquid IV comes in a small, convenient package that you just add to a bottle of water and drink away. One stick of Liquid IV and 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the Taxi Squad podcast code. T-A-X-I-S-Q-U-A-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, no spaces, at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using the promo code Taxi Squad Podcast at liquidiv.com. Thank you again to Mr. Norman Nate for coming on the show. Always a goddamn blast. Uh, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> hell yeah, brother. I just feel like I got to start talking in an accent after we talk to that man. So <laughs> appreciate it again. And I know uh, for people that have been listening for a long time, he is a steadfast guest on this podcast, and that's not going any anywhere. Anytime soon, people. Mike, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Yeah, HBO loves to ride the Aaron <laughs> Rodgers jock. Just, just, just loves to just jump on it and spin, man. Yeah, and and we're gonna bury this. But Hard Knocks season two is back. Watch the first two episodes. It's interesting. It, it it's always interesting. The voice of God. I didn't know it was the dude from. Um, didn't know it was the dude for not Dexter, but uh, oh, the other Showtime show. Dang it. Showtime. Oh, no, Boardwalk yeah. Empire was HBO, wasn't it? It was. I forget the name of it, but he's that guy. And um, Ray Donovan. There we go. Ray Donovan. So I didn't know. Okay. I didn't yeah, know it was yeah, the yeah. voice of Ray Donovan the whole time. That yeah. that's that's a new one. That's so some new findings. But man, it. What's funny about watching this show is like they hype oh, up. Oh, Leave Schreiber. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I saw a, little, saw a little doc on him. I so Jersey I never guy. watched. I never watched whatever show this is. What was he on? Is it Ray, Ray Donovan. Donovan the show? Ray Donovan. Yeah, I've never yeah. heard of that in my life, bro. It's like but a I know fixer. he has a he has a cool ass voice, dude. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers said it best. It's the voice of God. Yeah. This man has the voice of God because he truly does have the voice of God. His voice is epic, and you could listen to him like narrate somebody baking a cake, and it would be interesting. 
He's he has the the Morgan Freeman effect or the David Attenborough effect where they say something and you just listen. Like David Attenborough comes on, I'm trying to listen to Planet Earth. You know, Morgan Freeman comes on, I'm trying to listen to literally anything. So he's got the same fucking things. Some people are just good at that. Like a Twinkie. Like a Twinkie. Like a Twinkie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, that's the point. Exactly. It's it's interesting to see the, the inner workings of an NFL franchise at this stage of the game at training camp. And then not only that, but leading into week one. Now, Aaron Rodgers isn't playing in any of these preseason games, rightfully so. He's, he's the, the OC, legend. essentially. Right now. Yeah, and and he's trying to coach up Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson, if you watch him throw anymore, he just looks like a baby Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, which might which work out for him. It might in the long term. It like in a couple of years, I think the Jets realize like this this kid doesn't have what it takes yet. He's too for raw, sure. and I think that's the issue in the NFL right now is that quarterbacks are so overvalued, where. You could go, and, and and I hate to say that, but it, it is kind of true because you could, in theory, get your team to a wild card spot or or just win the division every year, lose in the first round of the playoffs, <clears throat> Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. and then you're still paid a bag, and they're going to keep you around for years because yeah. you're serviceable enough. It's like being a good starting pitcher, not a great. Yeah, but like also. You can't win Super Bowls unless you're an elite quarterback. So I think you have to find that no matter what. Like, we can go years back. When's the last one? Joe Flacco, and he was still really good that year. Joe Flacco had an amazing year. I mean, that's what I'm saying. So you need that guy. Yeah. I mean, Matt Stafford, I wouldn't consider Matt Stafford elite. He had a great year, though. Oh, dude, he's a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, he fucked up the Bears for a long time, could never win because those defenses were just so stout. Atrocious. I mean, we we were we were we good were then. yeah. They're talking we about the were. Lions. Yeah. That's when the Bears defense was the Bears defense, and we hope to get back to some resemblance some of that at some point. And I mean, they're looking pretty stout right now. The secondary seemingly is coming together. We need to develop a pass rush, but that's a whole other you know segment for an entirely separate day. Yeah. But back to Hard Knocks, it, it's. Don't get me wrong. Aaron Rodgers can make throws that not many people can. And they document that heavily and they show that they have a Hall of Fame quarterback and all this good stuff. And he does his thing and the swag and all that. Is it wrong to say they overhype it? And chances are this is maybe a 10 and 9 team. I love that you said that. I love that you said that because Hard Knocks does this thing that makes people believe every year that this is that team. They're going to show all the positive things. They're going to do a two-minute thing about, you know, the team messing up and, oh, this isn't going to be good. And the rest of it's just going to be lip service. It's going to be like, this team is great. Everything's set up for everything. And this kind of goes along with the Sala O-line thing where he's like, hey, our O-line sucks and we had a mediocre offense last year. Just basically roasting Zach Wilson for like 10 minutes. It's kind of hilarious. Um, But they do that. And then it's just like, Robert Sala has the team. Now everybody thinks that. It's like, they get Dalvin Cook. We haven't seen him yet, but like you know, that's gonna come on and just be like, "Oh, here we go!" Like Dalvin Cook's on the team. Everything's gonna, you know, change for them. It's realistic. And like when the Cowboys did it too, you're like, "Oh, they were good in the beginning of the year." The NFL does what the NFL does, and they bring you back down to medium. And that's probably what's gonna end up happening. I think they have a winning record. I think they're second or first in that division, most likely second. 
and I don't think they win a Super Bowl. So, like, but I do think, like, with Aaron Rodgers, this is a very good team because, as Salah said, too, it's like everything about that team was good besides the offensive line and the quarterback. And those are the two most important things on the team right now. Well, of course, the offensive line protects the quarterback. And if you are going to have the Hall of Fame quarterback that they are calling Aaron Rodgers, which I'm not going to And a rookie that. for that point, you got to have a fucking line. <laughs> Well, you do. And and the problem is, is that Makai Becton, if he's going to be the guy. Yeah. He's showing some pretty. Eh. Well, supposedly he has a, like a, some nagging injuries. And... Nagging injuries. But he was a first round draft pick three oh, years yeah. ago. He's supposed and to be a god. Supposed to be the guy to yeah. really get that offensive line going. And then he Elijah like Vera it. Tucker. <laughs> He looks the part, but he essentially he's not the part. The knees are an issue with a big yep. guy. Weight's been an issue with him. Now, if he doesn't turn out to be the guy you thought he was, now you got to bring in some veteran presence. I'm not sure how that works or how that looks. At this but time. If, yeah. if they can't protect Aaron Rodgers, it, it, it's over. Because he's not as fast as he was either. He used to be a lot faster. He's getting older now. Well, he can sling it with the best of them. Right. Well, exactly. But if you have no protection, he's got to run around and hope for the it, best. Like, that could go wrong. It's the theory of, like, imagine if the 49ers had a shred of a talent of, like, Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I mean, because Brock Purdy has arguably. Who's the starter now? Who is officially the starter? Mr. Yeah. Brock no, I, which I do believe by, like, by week. Sam Darnold's going to get the nod. I'm just telling you, he was making some throws, and I know it's the preseason, but Sam Darnold was making some fucking throws that were elite. This is the time to overreact. I fuck with it. Call (laughs) it overreaction. I'm just saying, Sammy D has a gun, and you got Trent Williams protecting your blind side. Fuck, I could complete a pass. I'm just saying. That's who they want Makai Becton to be. (laughs) Well, no one is Trent Williams. (laughs) Right. like there, like George Kittle has come out and said, Trent Williams is the strongest human being I've ever seen in my yeah. life. He said Warms he might be the up. best football player in the in the world. <laughs> it's not far off. Like Trent Williams <laughs> warms up with three fifteen on incline bench. I mean, that's just fucking. He's like stupid. me, dude. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I do when I'm in the yeah. Gym. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. For some people, that's 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 really impressive. For most people, that's really impressive. If you're warming up with that. For, for most people, that's your max. And on incline, that's just stupid. So now, I got some breaking news from something that we talked about at the beginning of the show. Juan breaking Frango, news. He's being investigated by Dominican authorities. They put Uh-oh. together a special division. Uh-oh. It's being handled by a division that focuses on minders slash gender violence and a judge who specializes in child abuse. Whoa. So looks like it's happening in the Dominican. Back to my grooming theory. But my whole, what if he doesn't go back to the Dominican? He can't get extradited. He's a U.S. citizen. No, I think, well, I, because it's not like you can't go to and from the Dominican Republic. Like, I think. What if he just doesn't go? I think the U.S. can send him. Yeah, that's true. Like, if it's in Cuba, it's not like that. But if it's in Dominican, it is like that. Yeah, if it's Cuba, the U.S. looks at Cuba and they're like, yeah, he's not fucking going. Well, we, they can't too, because then also he can't leave Cuba. (laughs) <laughs> once he goes communist back, country so. yeah but yeah so that was a that was a little update so just want to put that out there thanks for the update vince appreciate yeah. it yeah, back yeah. to football talk um <laughs> i do believe though that if the protection on the offensive line is there 
for Aaron Rodgers, this team has the shot to get a wild card spot. I don't think oh, they're yeah. going to win the division. I think it's the Bills' division to lose. I agree. Totally agree. Um, Dalvin Cook's on the team now, Mike. Yeah, that gives them three, two elite running backs, three very good running backs. Elite. Dalvin Cook. Oh yeah. Brees Hall. I don't. I don't think he's elite. He was elite when he was playing. He had four good games. Okay. And then he got injured. That makes you elite. (laughs) He was elite for four games. What are you and then Mike Michael Carter's Max very good. Tellerman out here. Yeah, I, I believe to be. Iguodala's elite. <laughs> I would love to be. I'll take that paycheck. Um, and then they got Michael Carter, who's also a very good running back. How do they utilize these guys? Well, I don't get it. I think Dalvin Cook is your workhorse. I think he's your guy that you're going to roll with to start. Granted, yeah. he doesn't even know the offense. He's coming into week two now of the preseason. Right. So he has an entire offense to learn. So I think that's going to be difficult for him. I think Brees Hall gets the majority of the third down work because oh, he's yeah. the guy in the backfield that can receive boy, the ball yeah. well, cut in and out of breaks, even though he had a pretty bad knee injury last year, which fucked a he's lot young, of fans. He's I mean, he's 22. A lot of guys can come back from injuries like that when they're, when they're that young. It gets worse when you get older. Sure. And I'm not disagreeing with that, but you, you tear an ACL, it's not right. It's not light work. I mean, look everybody's at, not uh, Adrian Peterson. <laughs> look at J.K. Dobbins. I mean, J.K. Yeah. Dobbins came back last year from. I mean, basically his knee. What's well, because Baltimore's haunted, dude? That's <laughs> because that fucking Baltimore's team is haunted. Haunted. They are for running backs. Jamal Williams. No, I'm saying in the last like five years, it's like every single year they're like San Francisco with quarterbacks last year. It's like everybody gets injured in the backfield well, in Baltimore. Gus Edwards and da- in in uh, uh, J.K. Br- they they went down and right. like the same time in the preseason, and then one thing right. led to another, and that, that happened two years ago and three years ago. Two people just getting injured all over the fucking place. I do believe that Dalvin though has the ability to be a starter, like full blown workhorse halfway through the year, but in the beginning it's going to be a balance. He'll get and in. Then for Michael some. Carter just no carries. No, just he's the guy's a spellback, essentially. Unless he works himself into a bigger role, crazier shit's... I mean, it's happened. And I don't know if you remember Zonovan Knight, but he was also pretty good last year in the in the small amount of time that he got. So maybe it's time for them to offload some running backs, maybe get some O-line help and try doing it that way. Well, not only that, but they drafted two running backs this Israel year, Israel Abinak. Kanda, I think his name. Yeah, Israel Abedakanda. He's from Pittsburgh, and he yes. was a stud at Pitt last year. Fifth rounder. Yeah, he was an absolute stud at Pitt last year, and then they got a. I believe his name is something like JD Die. Not sure about him, but he's, he's what from, is he fifth in the room now? <laughs> and he was a stud at USC. Yeah, I mean he was a guy. So Travis Die. There we go. There so Travis Die was a rookie. And, I mean, he was basically had a horrible knee injury, was the starting running back at USC all of last season, had like nine touchdowns, like basically a 1,000 all-purpose yards and looked great, and then tore his ACL against, I think, Colorado, or is it like a nobody? And then he was out the rest of the season. And then he goes undrafted. I mean, I I don't think he's getting any playing time this year, truly. No, he'll, he'll probably get cut. 
Isn't that the worst part about getting a bad knee injury at the end of your college career? Used goods. It's like at that point, no team's going to take a shot on you unless you're Willis McGahee, but those days are over. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's workhorse back time. That's not that's not a thing that they do in the NFL anymore, especially if they're not trying to pay you and they don't do that. So, yeah, no, I, I see that. I see that. Now, ultimately, Vince, I mean, of course, Hard Knocks job is to make you beefed up. I mean, Garrett Wilson, dog, yeah. uh, Sauce Gardner, another dog, dog. Now, in your eyes, though, how do you look? at this team and, and where do they finish at the end of the year? I mean, are, are, are we in line? Am I in line with the wild card theory? I think you're right. I don't think they're better than the bills. Uh, it depends on how their offensive line ends up working. Cause I think they can be a little scary in the playoffs in the AFC until they meet one of those, you know, until they meet the bills or they meet the chiefs um, or the Bengals for that. I don't want to forget about them, but I think after that, like those three juggernauts, like I do think they have a lot of room to move in there. So We'll see. We know how Aaron Rodgers does in the NFC Championship, so I don't think they're making it that far. Um, but I think they get a wild card pretty pretty decently. But again, <laughs> I believe in him now, so it sucks because I'm like, oh shit! Like <laughs> he's bought in fully, people. Yeah, we got we got a Rod Vinny over here. We got well, I'm just like, fans. what what issues do they have? Like the only thing they have is an issue is the offensive line. So if they can figure something out it's there, pretty- it's like every single other piece of their team is set. That defense is elite. I mean, good. that defense is Very fucking good. Quinn and Williams, man. Mm-hmm. Absolute freak. Well, that's of the thing nature. too. Their offensive line looks bad because their defensive line is insane. Well, you can't compare the two. Well, I'm saying you, they have to go can't. against them in 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 practice. So they're like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> well, it's true. It's very true. I do believe though that 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 helps long term when you're iron competing iron. against. Yeah, iron sharpens iron. You know, it's good to see the guys get chippy. What I do like about Robert Sala, and I will say this, kind of have a man crush on this guy. Ooh. I mean, dude. You like strong men? He is no <laughs> bullshit. What I Hell what no. I enjoy, yeah. he's no bullshit. He lets them fight, which I think is fucking awesome. You have to, it, yeah. Like, good. Let it, like, he's, you like hear him. he's like Dion. He's like Dion. Dion likes him to go. let them fight. Yeah. Good. Let them go. They need to fight. It brings them closer. And I think it's very valuable to have that, especially in football. This isn't a fucking silly nanny sport. Right. You got to get a little chippy every now and again. You got to get pissed at your teammate for you guys to grow closer. He does have the the teams doing bad middle of the season. Gets He has that sound to his voice and just the way he goes about things where he can grow old real quickly. So I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, they have a pretty seamless year and it doesn't get to that point but i think you know him talking the way that he does like once it stops working or if it doesn't work the way they want it to it could get questionable in the, in the middle of the season here so you think there's a shelf life potentially on the for a guy like that because he's very like hurrah this is what we're doing this is how it's going this is what we have to do but if his shit doesn't start working and he he's preaching like that it's gonna be like all right man Obviously, this is, that is that is saying if it doesn't work out. Like, if they have another season like last year, if they had, like, obviously Rodgers is a big difference, but if they had Zach Wilson again, I'm sure the sound of that voice in that locker room, the way that it's going, especially if some guys are working, some guys aren't, I could see that getting old. I'm not saying that it will. I could just see it. Well, there's, there's no more excuses after this year. You got the quarterback. No. You got the quarterback's offensive coordinator. You got one of the best 
wide receivers arguably right now in the game. And he's and very all the quarterbacks, wide receivers. <laughs> yeah. And, and then you have Al Lazard and Randall Cobb. And I mean, you're missing Mercedes Lewis and then it's basically the Packers. Yeah. But what the Packers could do is draft is draft offensive line talent. Right. Bakhtiari, right. Balaga, yeah. all those guys. I think Balaga retired, but he did. Still. They had Jeff Saturday for a year. Yeah. A year. <laughs> they won a year. Super Bowl. Yeah. So goes goes to show you. I mean, the center could be a thing. But to your point, I do like that theory that that voice could get a little worn out if you're not performing. Right. And granted, you can call guys out. Now, what I think is funny is like that shit wouldn't work in the NBA. Or even, oh no way! It's like there's too much prima donna in yeah. the NBA for that to even be a fucking thing. Sure, but also if you go to a team that's full of veterans that know what everything's about to, and you start doing that shit too, they're gonna be like, okay, you know, because mm-hmm. that's a, that is a young team, and I think Rogers likes that too because he feels like that youth and that energy. Uh, like again, it fits in this, and he is a new coach, and this is a young team, so I think it all kind of works together real well. You just hope that it goes positive for a long time, because also like the Jets feel like the Bears in a lot of way, where like they, they were do. really good. They've been around for a really long time, and then they just suck all the time, and it just sucks. They do suck a lot. They haven't been good since <laughs> Rex Ryan, and it goes to show you. Mark Sanchez, baby. <laughs> he was supposed to be really good, and he, he was, was good, good for, for like, like a year. Two years? <laughs> yeah. Really? And then the butt but fumble had... happened, and everything went downhill. <laughs> and then it just went all downhill from there, and then he just got the yips. But, hey, another great bear backup, mm-hmm. right? That's what the Never bears do. It. You were a good backup, you're on the Bears. Yep. Or you were good once, now you're a backup, you're on the Bears. Chase Daniel, never forget. Chase Daniel. Right now we got P.J. Walker, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what Justin Fields needs. A little P.J. Walker action. It is a little Bears, though. So in your theory, if the Jets don't make the playoffs this year, Salah out, and then Nathaniel Hackett gets his crack. I wouldn't say he's out. I would say, okay. and again, it depends on how the locker room goes, but I think he gets another year. They got Rodgers for another year. Obviously, if that goes poorly, then he's definitely out. So is Rodgers. <laughs> how much leash? Two years? Yeah. Okay. They need to be at least pretty good because they also spent a lot of money and did a lot of things to make this work. So if it doesn't, they got to, you know, they got to pull it at some point. Yeah, true. Got to pull a pin at some point. Now... To go across the the pond, so to speak, or go across a couple of different states, and then we're yeah. going to arrive in the great state of Massachusetts and the great team, former great team of the New England Patriots. It is now coming out that potentially uh, there is some riffraff going on between Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick. William, no! Well, luckily, they got Zeke on the team to bring everybody together. <laughs> and I was just about to bring it in. So, yeah, Zeke <laughs> signed, which is the most Patriot shit ever. It's like, oh, yeah. I guess Belichick you know. has loved him for years, too. That's has what, he? That's what, that's what they're saying. I, it might be lip service, but that's what they're saying. Well, in my eyes, this is the this is the typical Patriot way. Two yep. running backs that could probably start somewhere in the NFL, but they're on the same team. Some guys so, that have to show a little bit, maybe a little bit of competition action. So Ramondre Stevenson, still the starter? Yeah, for sure. Okay. 
So what's Zeke's role then? I I still can't figure it out. It's not like you signed They're like a James White. Because also they signed Ezekiel Elliott. He's past his peak. This is the twilight of his career. Like I don't think he's going to be rushing. Like you saw with the Cowboys last year. It was, like, it was basically Tony Pollard's team. They were just paying him a lot, so they had to make sure he got on there. That's kind of how I feel like Zeke is going to be too, and we'll see how long it takes for him to adapt to the offense. He's looking thick. I don't know if you saw some of the videos from training camp, but he's looking thick. Uh, so maybe he's like a little bell cow, third down back, something like that. But, yeah, he – the age is showing a little bit on him. I mean, he got fat after his rookie year. Oh, yeah. He he got big. He, he Supposedly, he's a party animal. Like, that guy loves to go out. I'm sure. He's got some swag, too. That's great. And he got paid a lot of money. What I'm trying to figure out, though, is – is this a good signing for this team? I mean, are they just going to run the ball all the time? That's kind of what I feel like. They're going to run the ball. A lot. Well, they can't pass, so they have to run. Well, Matt Jones may be able to pass this year, Vince, and we'll I'm still see. dying on this hill. We'll see, bro. I'm just <laughs> saying, you have his OC back from college, guy who mm-hmm. knows him, knows his capabilities. I'm just... I mean, yeah, in college... People that are good in college always end up translating in the NFL, which is good. So <laughs> I think it's going to work out great. I'm just saying, Billy Boy O'Brien knows the quarterback and he knows the system. And he's been good so, in the NFL for what it's worth. But I I don't believe in Mac Jones as far as I can throw it. Truly. We'll see really? how it goes. I, I, will, I will happily be the other side on this debate. I don't think he's very good at all. And I think that's going to be clear this year. Like I said, they're coming in last in that division. I'm certain of it. So, in hindsight, do you believe that if Justin Fields was on the Patriots right now, he would be better? And if Matt Jones was on the Bears, it would just be even more of a dumpster fire? Yes, exactly. That's exactly how I feel. Really? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. If if Justin Fields was on the Patriots, he'd probably be, like, a lot better than he is on the Bears because the Bears suck with quarterbacks. But I don't, yeah, I don't think Matt Jones on the Bears would be Mitch Trubisky again. I just there's something about Mac Jones is like, especially when he's throwing the ball, there doesn't seem like there's much confidence in it. And like he obviously played really well in college and he did all right his rookie year, but he just smells like Trubisky to me. I can't get it out of it. Yeah. You, yeah. you put Mitch I, anywhere. It's not working out. You know, so when is it Bailey Zappi's team? That's the next question. When is Should it Bailey Zappi's team? But if they go off on, on, like, you think so, dude, I love Bailey Zappi. I think he's an absolute. You think bar. okay? So do you believe that Bailey Zappi is like a guy? No, I just think neither of them are. <laughs> to be honest, I think really? the quarterback room is a mess. I think Robert Kraft's going to get sick of it really quickly. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Belichick leave and then go on a redemption with another team and end up winning one. I like think an, he would go to college before he stayed in the NFL. Either that or just he's be so done forever. Old though, yeah, I like. Don't Nick Saban's a fucking minute too. imagine bill belichick going into some high school seniors house and being like hey you're gonna come to Arkansas." no 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 <laughs> it would be it would be a little more along the line to listen young man if you want to come and play football and you don't want to fuck around you know where to go and everybody would be Louisiana like tech. <laughs> like, it's what? Like, it's, like, huh? it's like hey i heard you're getting b's this year we we're supposed to get a's on this team so like it's not i don't see that happening i think he's a full-grown man coach so just like he was with the browns back in the day i think it's gonna be he'll go to a team that has a lot of talent needs a little structure and he'll take care of it that i think that the patriots 
need to switch around and stop doing the Patriot way because it doesn't work unless you have Tom Brady on your team. Well, okay, so that just goes back to the greatness of Tom Brady. Not going to knock it. Now, there is a third QB in the mix, potentially, after the first preseason game in Foxborough, Massachusetts. You want to know who this guy is? Who is it? He's making Bill smile. Okay. His name is Malik Cunningham. Okay. Remember the name. So Malik Cunningham was an undrafted, basic, like, rookie, just like, Coming in from some small school. I don't even Louisville? know where the hell he's from. Louisville. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So Malik Cunningham could be the guy for Bill. Oh, I remember happen? this because he was like Lamar, too. He's got a lot of athleticism. He does. And I think well, it's, Bill... it's funny, too. You see him in a helmet and he's got the Lamar Jackson look to him. It's kind of like they were just looking for the second guy that was Lamar Jackson at Louisville. I mean, I, what, I are see, the, I can see what are the odds? What are the odds? I mean, do you think that Malik Cunningham could have a shot? Sure. I think he's making the team. I mean, team. if shit goes haywire this year, I think you let everybody go out there and see what happens. I mean, now that they're in a point where they're like, hey, maybe Brock Purdy starts working out real well for the 49ers, we no longer have, like, the latest draft pick that worked out. Let's go undrafted on this bitch. Let's see if that works. They did it once. What if they do it again? Possible. What if they trade 12 for 16 and this is the guy? He's a little bit older of a rookie. He's 24 years old. That's fine. 24 is a good age for a rookie. I think so. A little bit more matured. Could be a dude. You never know. It's possible. I again, like I don't I don't believe in that quarterback room at all. So we'll see how it ends up working out. But I'm hoping for some chaos in Foxborough. I'm sick of them being good. Well, I don't think they're gonna they, they haven't been good since Tom, Vince. I mean, let's You're, face it. I know. And I, I think they're the worst team in their division now. So, again, and I don't know what Robert Kraft's leash is with Bill Belichick. I mean, it should be long given that he's, like, the best coach ever. But if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. You can ask Statistically, any coach like, yeah, literally one of the best head coaches to ever do it. Right. But he got help from Tom Brady. It's the same. Bill Walsh wouldn't be Bill Walsh unless he had freaking Joe Montana and Steve Young. Undrafted Same. free agent out of Michigan, young man by the name of Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Undrafted free undrafted. agent out of Louisville by the name he wasn't of Malik Cunningham. No? Tom Brady wasn't undrafted. Oh, he's a 199th pick. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. My bad. Sorry. Late I should know as this. fuck, but not undrafted. Oh, that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's why Brock Purdy's the man, because they're like Mr. Irrelevant. But if someone comes in that's undrafted, then that dethrones him. So that could be fun. Could happen. Leave it to Bill, right? I mean, literally, there were pictures of Bill smiling on the sideline. That rarely happens. Bill doesn't smile for shit. Never. So, so maybe, think, maybe he's getting soft. I think Malik Cunningham's on the team, Vince. That's what I think. Soft. Maybe he's getting Can we time out, though, since yes. we're on this topic and we're talking football, we're full-blown football talk. I mean, Vince, the Bears. Yep. The Bears. Yep. They look pretty good. Uh, so I'm so reserved on these takes. They look pretty pre-season, good. Preseason fucks me every they year. They looked pretty good hopefully they can keep doing what they're doing <laughs> see this is what happens to us we see like a glimmer of hope and we mm-hmm. just fucking clamor on and we're like it's happening we're running hard knocks in our head we're like oh, this man. is what the bears are like on hard knocks like everything's working out great it's just when the rubber hits the road when the regular season starts we'll see what happens because again they're all playing against either their own team or backups in a preseason game so it's not i can't I can't take it for anything besides what it is. 
DJ Moore looks like a dog. That's all I got. Okay. Let's continue. Anything else in the wide world NFL sports you have here? Yes. A couple things. Uh, Russell Gage leaves today. This is one of those preseason injuries. He was on a stretcher. He was tearing up. It seems pretty bad. So it looks like the Bucs are losing that wide receiver. And then another thing. Teddy Bridgewater announced that he's wearing number 50 for the Lions. Okay. Isn't that weird, though? Yep. Nobody cares. Well, no, I'm. it's kind of just like, imagine he gets on the field, he's wearing 50, and you're like, what the fuck is going on, dude? Well, numbers really don't exist anymore in anymore. Like the genres of, of like what it is, right? You've never seen a quarterback, I mean, since like 1950, that has been above the number 19. That's true. So, like, well, hopefully, Johnny Goff, hopefully Goff like gets gets the above. That's what I'm saying. Anything above 19. Um, hopefully, Goff gets the win nick that win kicked out of him. Like, let's say in the first quarter, and then Bridgewater comes in. It's just number 50 time, baby. I just want to see that one time. No, I think Teddy said he's just gonna wear it through the preseason, and I'll go back oh, to number 10. Oh, what a buzzkill! Wow. Well. He can have fun with it while he wants. I mean, they could produce. Now, what happens if you buy a number 50 Teddy Bridgewater jersey? That'd be fucking cool. You're the man. You are the fucking man. You're the cool kid on the block. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's cool. (laughs) Well, we have a topic to barrel for next week, which I'm kind of looking forward to. Um, I guess we got some NBA talk, Vince. So, of course, go ahead. What's happening? (laughs) What else is new? What else is new? James Harden is pissed, and the sky is blue, and the water runs, and sharks are dangerous, and James Harden's back on his bullshit. James Harden is in China. He has been having gatherings. He's been running camps with a bunch of kids in conjunction with him releasing his wine brand. He did a live stream. One of the Chinese fans bought 10,000 bottles of James Harden's wine in 10 seconds during a live stream. So he's making money what? off of that. But that's not the news. That's not the news because he is an under contract. He opted in for an enormous contract with the Philadelphia 76ers, who right now the team president slash GM, I believe it's one or the other, Daryl Morey from the Rockets, who got James Harden going after he got traded away from that Oklahoma City Thunder team. He brought James Harden back. He made a great move getting rid of Ben Simmons and bringing James Harden in. Obviously, it didn't work out in their favor. James Harden at this camp with a bunch of teenagers, a bunch of Chinese teenagers, says, Daryl Morey is a liar. I will never be part of an organization that he's part of. And he repeated, let me say that again, Daryl Morey is a liar. I will never be part of an organization that he's part of. This is even sweeter because... Back when LeBron did the China thing and it was during the Olympics and all that stuff, Daryl Morey made some enemies with China when he was talking about how messed up China is. So this seems like a double punch kind of deal from James Harden. He seems to be doing the same thing he does with every other team. He doesn't want to be part of the Sixers anymore, and now there's no trade value. And my question to you is why would anyone want James Harden on their team anymore? We discuss this every time we talk about the NBA. James Harden is just a cancer, and everybody should stay away. He he's should just so stick good to at the basketball. He's, he's so good, good at basketball. That. He's good. He's no, a he's very, pony. he's very, very good in the regular season, and he turns into nothing in the playoffs besides a cancer. It's really all it is. Well, I, I just think overall, Vince, he's a cancer. He is. 
for sure. So he, I don't think it's in the playoffs. He's a cancer. No, the guy's just a fucking cancer. Well, no, it's I and I agree, but he's still going to go out there and average like 28 and 10 assists. Like he's going to be able to do that until the playoffs come. And then he forgets how to play basketball. It's kind of my point. So he's bad in the playoffs, which is where you want to be with him. And he has requested trades and left essentially every team that he's been on with negative thoughts besides OKC. So he wants to leave the Sixers, but like, what do they do? Like who, like part of me is like, send them to the fucking Pistons or like some team that sucks. You don't even want to do the Pistons. The Bulls are going to go make a move for him. Yeah. And we're hearing that. And it's like, well, DeRozan for James Harden straight up. I'm like, fuck off. I don't want to see him anywhere near a Bulls team. And that's kind of my point. You have a two-time MVP, and no one wants him because he's the worst. Like, it can't be an organizational issue because he's been in multiple, and it's been an issue every single place that he goes. Like, does he just opt in for however many 40-plus million dollars he's getting and just be like, I don't want to be here anymore? Like, what are we doing? I just feel like at this stage of the game, he's in it for the money. And if you look at Ben Simmons, if you look at him, if like they're very similar ben as people. Ben Simmons didn't win two MVPs. Doesn't matter. I know you can win as many just, MVPs as you want. If you don't want a title, what are they worth? It's just crazy that he is just ruining himself like this. All, that's where all of these OKC guys that were once great together all yeah. left, went on their own, did their own thing, and became giant fucking prima donnas. I hate to say it, but it's true. KD is without a doubt the least, for sure. I mean, that's a f- okay, but that you're also comparing it to. You know. But he could still walk on a fucking runway and it would be believable. He's a fucking diva. They're all divas. For sure. For sure. But it's like the, and like, you know, Westbrook is, you know, gone anywhere he goes and he does a triple double and he has horrible efficiency or whatever. But James Harden, Kyrie specifically, especially with them on the Nets, it's just kind of like, I don't know why you'd want Kyrie. The only team that was going to take a chance on Kyrie was the Mavericks. Part of me now is like, Daryl Morey should call the Wizards and be like, I'm sending you James Harden because you guys are in purgatory. We'll take Kyle Kuzma. Have a good day. Yeah, I would do it in two seconds, but I don't think anybody wants him. (laughs) Right. So like Harden's just putting himself in a position to sit back and collect a paycheck, not work and go to strip clubs and do whatever the fuck he does. His NBA career could just be over based on the fact that he's so annoying to deal with. Like he might stay in China and go play over there. That might actually be the best option for him. Either that or go to New Zealand or some fun country that you want to live. You've made all the money you could, and then you just go play somewhere else. Fuck it's it. true. But, you know, go, go live out in there, paradise. sell some wine, call it a day. <laughs> You're all right. If, you, if, if he was smart in a business perspective, he would start his own Sauvignon Blanc wine brand, live in New Zealand, find some sort of, you know, we call it OEM in the business. So you private label some great Sauvignon Blanc out of New Zealand. You go play in New Zealand, you market the piss out of it. You'll make more money than you know what to do with. For sure. I Just based off your name, image, and likeness. No one in the NBA wants him. He's done. He's done. done. He's dead to us. He's dead to the tax squad podcast. If we talk about him again, it won't be in a good way. No, well, we haven't talked about him in a good way in a long time. Yeah, fuck that guy. Anyway, <laughs> He averaged eight points in the fucking <laughs> Eastern Conference Finals or whatever it was. It was Vince, stupid. the White Sox... Won a game on the north side, and Yay. I think this might be our closest thing to a World Series in yeah, a long time. You give me a ring yesterday, like you're seeing this. I'm like, I don't fucking watch that shit team. It took me freaking 40 minutes to park yesterday because of this goddamn series. 
I thought it was over before it started. But something about the White Sox, they love beating up on the Cubs. Like, we won the Cup last year, the Crosstown Cup or whatever. It looks like it's gearing up to do the same thing this time. And Luis Robert is my dad. Luis Robert's your dad? Yeah. Dude, he hit an absolute bomb. They caught an angle from it from behind home plate last mm-hmm. night, and it was just sexy as fuck. I mean, and he just... was giving the he was giving the crowd a little lip service too. I guess there was some Cubs fans that were talking shit to him when he was on deck. He walks up, hits a yabo, flips the back, comes back and shushes him as he walks into the dugout. It's absolutely legendary. I love that shit. The man's an absolute dog. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's our best player. He's and our only to, player. <laughs> we need to build it around him. Him we and Cease. Really, Stick to those two. Cease. Let's keep it there. Life will Liam be Hendricks. good. What'd you say? Liam Hendricks. Don't you ever say that again on this podcast. <laughs> Liam Hendricks needs to go in a hole somewhere and never I'm just come pushing out. Buttons. <laughs> he's just he's not he's not the guy. He's and a beast. It's, now he's, he's bringing DJ on... Pauly D down south, dude. Like, this oh, is why it's happening. God, thank God. <laughs> he's the our only... ambassador, dude. The only redeeming part of the south side right now is just going to Turtles and drinking very cheap and getting a little toasted. You know what I'm saying? That's really it. Other than I mean, that, that, we're just we're here. Other than that, we we are just here. I mean that that's really it. We're we're just going through the motions. The White Sox, though, I mean, hey, love a Louis Robert bat flip. Love the fact that we pulled the game out on the north side, and I, I really do enjoy shutting up the Cub fans who uh, believe that, uh, you know, they they uh, got the best of us this year. Because I do think we're going to split the series and take home the Cup again, which would just be like the icing on the cake. That'd be nice. Yeah, That'd be a was... nice – that would be a cherry on top of a shit Sunday. truly. We – I mean, it would. We will find out here by the end of, you know, by the end of the evening what the outcome of that will be. They start in about, you know, 25 minutes. So time will tell. Time will tell. Still looking forward to it, though. Now, in other news, two former AL Central greats who both played on the same team this year. Two former for teammates. Sh- and yeah. current and former again teammates. And former again teammates. Vince, clearly they had some beef. Yeah. Uh, to no surprise. Justin Verlander's a diva. Uh, New York Post, Mike Puma interviewed uh, an unnamed Met who called Verlander a diva and largely largely detached from his teammates with the Mets. He complained about how the team's analytics department was inferior <clears throat> to the one that he once worked with, the cheating Astros. So maybe they were cheating there, too. Uh, it was his diva attitude that caused some uneasiness between Verlander and Scherzer who also had uneasiness on the Detroit Tigers when they were both Cy Young candidates and still are. Um, they have history of butting heads. And he finally told that Scherzer and Chris Bassett, former White Sox, shout out to it, um, enjoyed sharing information to help younger pitchers such as David Peterson and Tyler McGill when Verlander was kind of on his own, complaining, all this stuff. Verlander comes out again saying, I loved all my teammates with the Mets and I hope they do great in the future. And I appreciate the franchise and yada, 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 doing all that stuff. Still a lucky guy. Cause he's still got Kate Upton, but in reality, I am not surprised by this. Not for a second. These guys didn't like each other in Detroit. I think it goes all the way back to that. Now I do believe Max Scherzer is an absolute dog. I feel like but he's I just, just like a, a better guy. Like if I'm going to pick one or yeah. the other, I'm picking Scherzer every time. 
Absolutely. Now, Verlander, though, he needs to be like the focus of attention. And in Houston, he was. Yeah. And I think he really did enjoy uh, being in a separate tax bracket in Houston as opposed to being in a separate tax bracket in uh, in New York because a lot of your money goes bye bye. So he went back to the Astros. So he's back with his group of divas or whatever the fuck you want to call them. And they're amazing. Yeah, and their amazing analytics department, no surprise that they cheat like it's their fucking job because it <laughs> truly is. Yep. And I, I do believe though that this isn't really a surprise. When I saw that when I saw the article, I was like, okay. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too, is just I like hearing that. Cause sure, I mean, the those are those are the only two guys that you can compare to each other, especially at this time. Like, those are the two best pitchers in the last twenty years. So if you're gonna do that, like to know that one of them is like actively helping his teammates. And if you remember that national staff, that was a dirty staff. Like you can just see it written on there. That's just like, sure. There's just a better teammate than Verlander is. And yeah, I don't know. It's like Verla- they're both hall of famers. Obviously it's just like, all right, well everything in the Mets fandom, just like the jets and the white Sox, the Mets or just like the jets and the bears, rather the Mets and the white Sox feel <laughs> very similar to me where it's just like they try to do stuff and it all just blows up in their face. Yeah. I, I listen, I think the Mets are a little bit more inclined to lean on, you know, their, their most recent, you know, run, even though it all fell apart last year. I do believe though, that Scherzer going to the Astros and now competing against him in the same division is juicy. Yeah. Love that. I love it too, and it's just I think I, it's... the Astros are so good. I fucking hate it. I hate it. So well, they're much. three and a half out of first right now. The Rangers are rolling. No, I know, but they're gonna go to the playoffs. They're gonna get a wild two, card, and it's just gonna get two so. former White Sox on the Rangers right now playing their asses off. Trevor Simeon, Trevor Simeon, and Dane Marcus, Dunning. Marcus Simeon. My bad. Trevor Simeon, backup quarterback. We're bears, going back to bears. that. <laughs> you you said Bears. I just went I different Trevor. last name. Yeah, or same last name, different guy. But Marcus right. Simeon was a—I mean, he was—he would have been better than Tim Anderson long term. Absolute unit. We got rid of him too early, and for what? Jeff Samarja, good trade, nice job, guys. Awesome trade. Another shortstop gone to the wayside in the White Sox organization to zero surprise. Yep. Fernando Tatis Jr. I mean, he was great when it all started. Not now looking like it head. now. <laughs> now complete roid head. Yep. And hey. You know, I guess the only thing the White Sox can be happy about right now is that they're pushing the Cubs further and further out of the hunt in the NL Central. So I'll take it. It makes it easier to park early in the season, earlier in the season. So I am happy with it. Well, we love it. We love it, people. I mean, hey, baseball is coming to a unfortunate end of season. We only got 60 days left, I think, of the regular season and then playoff start, which should be pretty interesting. Vince, if you had to look at it, who's catching wild card spots in each league right now? Who's catching wild card spots? We talked about the first one already. It's going to be the Rays. It's going to be the Rays. I mean, they're that good, so they get the first one. They're one game out from first place in that. The second one is probably going to end up being the Astros. Like I said, it's like you're sitting there. They're probably going to get two. And then, again, they have three on each side now. So that's probably going to go to the Blue Jays. Blue Jays are Mariners. One team's going to make it there. Obviously, only one from the AL Central, given how bad the entire fucking division is. Um, so I'm going 
Right now, as the divisions stay, as the standings stay, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go Rays, Blue Jays, Astros. Rays, Blue Jays, Astros. Yep. Interesting. Okay. All right. I mean, Seattle can't creep in. Two games out, maybe. They can, but I, I've, I've been taught to not doubt the Astros. So I know they're going to make it. So it's going to be they Seattle. They usually or come on Toronto hot at the right we'll see time. How that race ends up working out. Yeah, I mean the Cubs right now. now if you look at the, they're one, they're, they're God. I was gonna say if we look at the NL, you, right now you got the East, who is working just as hard as the AL East. The Phillies are probably gonna end up making it there, and then you got the Marlins, Giants, and then the Cubs and the Diamondbacks that are sitting there, and they're all within a couple games of each other. So, so Sox fun take fact: this game the, today, Cubs the Diamondbacks are. Two and fourteen since the All Star break slash trade deadline, not good at all. Now, so only two teams make the wild card spot, right? Three, trace three. Okay, so Miami though they're rolling right now. See Big Jake Berger hit a walk off Mm -hmm. the missed that boy already. Yeah, it's just another first baseman missing from the White Sox. Hate to say it, but it's true. You're right. Uh, Well. I, I, I'm looking forward to a long run. Now, if any of those teams you just named, who's most inclined to potentially make a run? The Phillies and got the close last year. Yeah. I think the Phillies are shoe in. They're already going to make the playoffs. I think they could probably make a run, given how much talent they have on their team, especially if Trey Turner keeps his heat stroke going right now. If we take the Giants, the Giants always make the playoffs. That's just how it works for them. I don't have any belief in whatever that third wild card team is so it's either going to be the cubs or the diamondbacks essentially no one else can really make up that ground um so yeah i mean i I'll cincinnati could make up the ground i mean you can't write them off like good they're one but they're also off. they're also not playing well right now well like you don't have to play well right now like, september hits and you go on a tear i mean that's true i just i don't I don't see it in, in especially how young that team is. I don't see that coming through with them. I'm going to go with a team with a little bit more gusto. Oh, sorry. The air and water show's going. Don't know if you just heard that fucking actual Ooh, rocket. Vinny's getting a, we got a flyby episode. I'm getting people. bombed. I'm getting bombed. Uh, I'm going to, yeah, I, if I'm taking anybody, I'm taking the Phillies. They were just electric last year down the stretch. And I don't see why they can't be like that again. Love to hear it. I love to hear it. And then it's pretty simple for, for us to surmise to the point that, that Houston's going to be that team. Fucking Houston. Fucking Houston. Well, people, we love doing it for you as much as you love joining us every week. And we thank you. And uh, we appreciate all the love and support. Thank you to our sponsors, Henson Shaving, Liquid IV. Thank you so much. And we thank Norman Nate, of course. I mean, that this podcast would not be a college football podcast without him, and and that's real talk. Um, now, as always, people, we got ten days, really eleven days before the start of college football, so we're jacked for it. So we really hope that you enjoy this episode. Next week, we got some new reviews, some new strange and unusual. I'm really looking forward to get into. Oh yeah, and then as always, you know. You got to like it. Like it. You got to follow it. Follow it. And then you, you got to download it. Okay. Please, so you got to hit that it. button. Just hit that button, download it, keep it in your archives. 
means a lot to us. So you could go back and listen to it. Maybe you're on an airplane. Maybe you're Chicago Mike traveling. Maybe you're Phoenix Mike traveling. You don't know where you're going to be. <laughs> Right? Maybe you're Sin City Mike traveling. <laughs> Maybe you're Sin City Mike traveling. You don't know where you're going to be, but you could download it and you can bring the boys with you, which is something we do appreciate. And then not only that, you got some special men in your life, people, whether that's your grandfather, your father, your grandfather's father, father. Maybe you got a great grandfather. I don't know what you got, but you got you to gotta share it with them. Share it with the boys. Share it with everybody you know. And as always, we'll see you next week. Peace.